Hello, there we are. Good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Prince Charles is here this morning as well. Coming up today, talk a little Terps, uh, college hoops, as some of the local teams start transitioning into the postseason. Patrick Stevens will join us in just a bit. And also this morning, Joel Corey, former NFL agent, now with CBSSports.com. He wrote a piece with a suggestion for a contract that he thinks would work or should work for Lamar Jackson. Maybe it was just a suggestion. Actually, at the end of the column, he says, I don't know that Lamar Jackson would find this appealing because it's not fully guaranteed, and we just don't know if it's down to like fully guaranteed or nothing for Lamar Jackson. So we'll talk about that with Joel Corey this morning as well. If you've not picked up the print issue of Press Box, you should go do that right now. It's available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, you can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Gunnar Henderson on the cover as Luke Jackson dives in and finds out a little bit more about the meteoric rise for the top prospect in baseball and favorite to win Rookie of the Year in the American League. Is that the is that your mic? Is that what that is? Yes, it is. I don't like that. That's not as bad. We had an issue on Friday where it sounded like uh, there was a really bad cord, but that doesn't sound great. We need to test. Do me a favor. Try plugging in the cord from the uh, extra mic and seeing if that makes it go away. And if it does, then we'll deal with that. If not, hey, you know, <laughs> we're always trying to figure out what's going around in these parts, and I never know I never know what she's doing up there, back there. Mom, the meatloaf. That's where I am at this point. All right, um... A couple of things at the top of the show. One, I no, you, I don't know what you did because you're 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 still plugged into the other cord. Yeah. I'm saying take your mic. Well, I was just gonna see if maybe plug it into that cord. Yeah. yeah. And see what happens. You. That's what I wanted to know. Although when you unplug whatever, you, all right. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I regret this already. I this is on me. It's on me. On me. I'm the problem here. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. At tea time, everybody agrees. So, I, I don't know what... All right, all right. It's very distracting now. It's very distracting. Can't, I can't just do the damn show. It's still, it, it's still your mic is not plugged into that cord. That's what I... Take your mic, plug it into that cord, see what happens. I'm trying to figure this whole thing out. I still hear terrible interference. All right, that's the answer. That's the answer. So I I don't know what's going they're, on. They're All right, we will deal with it after the show. Okay, we will deal with this problem after the show. That's when we will handle it. Go take everything back to normal. Take everything back the way it was. <sighs> we could use an engineer. If you have well, engineering, everything's skills, muted. Well, my at least if my you two have mics are engineer, muted now. I still hear it. If you have know, engineering and I, and I skills, we could use you. That's what I'm trying to say. We could use you because this is not our strength. The way that these things get solved typically is after the show, I just play with things until it works. That's the way it goes. And then once it works, I say, eh, it works. Don't know what happened. Don't know why it happened. But it works. So let's just deal with it. That's, that's our process. That is our, our, our artistic process here at GCR. Don't know why something works, but if we can make it work, we deal with it. That's where we are. This does not work because it creates interference. That is a problem. All right. Uh, here, t- turn that off. Turn that off. Let me see what the other... Just talk into the other microphone. 
This is the type of stuff that I need you to be able to do without me bringing the show to a halt. Just like solve it on your own. All right, how's, how's it going? So that, that, that sounds great. It does sound great. So just take that, take that right, off, right, okay, fine. and use that. Got it? All right. And the next step, we don't do this. Now, a couple things. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't believe somebody stayed through all that. I can't believe any of you were like, eh, I'll see. Hold up. Let him cook. I can't believe any of you would put up with that nonsense. Everyone's thinking, when are we going to get to Lamar? Right. I mean, like, any, or anything that's content related. Anything at all they would settle for instead of just me barking about the microphones. They would settle for any ounce of content. This feels, this feels great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good for you. Yeah. All right. Now, a couple of things. A couple of things. One, um, I, I had a lot of people, including people in my real life, that reached out to me. I guess on the Mike Florio program yesterday, he alluded to the idea of Lamar Jackson and not having an agent. Again. Mike Florio, I think more than anyone else in the media, has been personally offended by Lamar Jackson not having an agent. And I can't figure out if that's because... Mike Florio feels like he's connected enough with all of the agents that if Lamar had an agent, he'd be getting like information, and because Lamar doesn't, he can't get any. Like I can't figure out what Mike Florio's concern is. To the point, I think you've heard me say, I think Lamar Jackson should have an agent, but that's his call. Like it's not. It doesn't affect anybody else in any way. Is it my opinion that Lamar Jackson would have been well served having an agent? Of course. But the notion, anything we try to say to follow that up, is poppycock. To wit, on this Mike Florio program, they reference some sort of shoe deal that Lamar Jackson could have had. Now, to be clear, I don't know specifically what Mike Florio was alluding to. I don't. I have heard plenty of things about advertising, spokesperson, whatever you want to call it, opportunities that Lamar Jackson has not taken. We all know that he did a deal with Oakley, but I have heard plenty about other opportunities that Lamar Jackson didn't do. I think we've spoken about one with a significant fast food chain that was declined. I'm, I, I might know about this shoe deal thing, I definitely know about another company, a significant company, that tried to give Lamar Jackson a lot of money for a very minimal amount of exposure. I have no idea in what world you believe that the difference in something like that is an agent. Like, it's preposterous that you suggest that Lamar Jackson is missing out on endorsement money because he doesn't have an agent. Every single one of those deals could have gone through without Lamar Jackson having an agent. They were all on the table. Every single one of them. For whatever reason, Lamar, Lamar's family, whatever it was, declined a number of them. Why he declined some and took the Oakley deal? I don't know. I can't give you that answer. But we just say nonsensical things. We're Mike Florio is you can have whatever opinion you want to have about him. He's not a stupid person. If I remember correctly, Mike Florio passed the bar as a lawyer. He's not dumb. I don't know why he just says these things as if they can't be checked. 
his opinion might be that an agent would pressure Lamar more to take a deal. That might be your opinion. But there is no world in which Lamar couldn't get a deal with a shoe company because he doesn't have an agent. Do you know how patently absurd that is to suggest? Well, if you don't have an agent, I tell you what, we wanted to give you a lot of money, but if you don't have an agent, we're just not going to... That is not the type of person that we want to have representing our uh, us here at Steve's Shoes. Do you know how ridiculous that is? Like, do, does, do your brain operate in a way that you can even give a second of thought to the absurdity of that? And this isn't a personal shot at Mike Florio. I like Ish Mike. I mean, we're fine. He gets caught up on a lot of really strange things that he's obsessive over and and sort of pro- like whenever somebody else reports something one of his bits is say well they leaked it they leaked it to him whereas when he reports something he never says well it was leaked to me like he always tries to take a shot at somebody else getting information because he didn't get it Mike, I, and I, I don't know, I don't think Mike's going to watch this. I love you. God bless you. You created quite a, a thing for yourself. I, it's incredible. But whatever the personal reasons are that you're so bothered by Lamar Jackson not having an agent, don't speak to anything similar to reality when it comes to why Lamar Jackson wouldn't have a shoe deal. In fact, if Lamar Jackson doesn't want a shoe deal and you're convinced that an agent would have forced him to take a shoe deal then the problem would be having an agent because they would be forcing someone to do something they don't want to do. It just doesn't make sense. When you hold it up to the most minimal amount of scrutiny, it doesn't become logical. I don't know why Lamar Jackson is prioritized. Here's part of the issue for Ravens fans. Ravens fans, in their heart, believe, well, if Lamar, and I've had many of them say this to me, if Lamar would have just taken some of these marketing deals, then maybe he wouldn't be as hell-bent about getting a fully guaranteed contract. Two plus seven does not equal four. You're trying to make square peg fit in round hole. There is no parallel between these things. And for the umpteenth time whenever we get into conversations about this Lamar Jackson situation I hear from someone who says who brings back up yesterday I was in a a deep conversation with someone um, and it was about how they went back into the world where well you can't have somebody taking up 20% of your salary the Ravens are not fighting with Lamar Jackson about how much money they're going to pay him there is no dispute about that they know the same thing the rest of us know that this statistic that you all have held up as being somehow noteworthy is nonsense that Patrick Mahomes was the first ever quarterback to have uh, more than I think 15 percent of the salary cap and win a Super Bowl they know what we know which is that number is nonsense because all it really says is Tom Brady took favorable deals because he was married to a billionaire and the Patriots were giving him money through his charitable foundation If Tom Brady was making market value, half of the last 10 Super Bowls would have won by quarterbacks who were taking up more than 15% or whatever the number, and I can't remember exactly, 18, whatever it is, percent of the salary cap. That number doesn't tell you not to pay your quarterbacks. That number tells you try to get a quarterback who's married to a billionaire, if possible. 
I mean, I, I don't know if we can introduce uh, Lamar Jackson to Jeff Bezos at this point, see if maybe they, they could hit it off in some sort of way. Or, you know, Giselle's, Giselle's available. Well, if they hit it off. Whoa, yeah. easier. Though, do you think well, that, uh, well, if they hit it off too much, Be- well, Bezos, Bezos is going to buy the commanders. Well, uh, and and then Dan Lamar's Snyder won't allow him to buy the commanders. So. It sound, is it going to be up to him how much I don't, longer? I, I, don't, don't know. I don't know. Another story came out this morning from ESPN about not going to believe this. Dan Snyder, maybe not a good guy. <laughs> Crazy. I'm starting to think there might be some questions about that fella. And like th- this might is need the, an investigation. It's so sad when you get to the part where they're like, it's it's a fifty-five million dollar bank fraud allegation. Everybody's just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that the worst thing he's done? Like, it's a I, Tuesday. I, I mean, if we're being honest, like they all kind of do that, right? <laughs> like that's where we are with Dan Snyder is that we're not even really moved by an alle- allegation of fifty-five million dollars worth of bank fraud. We're just sort of like, yeah, you know. I, uh, like it's the Snyder. Read, read the comments. They're like, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody does that. <laughs> it's such a world that we live in. Um, anyway, the moral of the story being, like, we could try to see if we, I, I, maybe he would be inter- interested in Giselle. I don't know. But the point is that that's, that's not the problem here. The problem isn't the Ravens figuring out how much money they should pay Lamar Jackson. They know what the cost is. They understand that. They get that a significant percentage of their salary cap is going to have to be soaked up by Lamar Jackson because they understand the risk on the other side. I I said this to somebody. The sauce moving forward for winning a Super Bowl is have quarterback draft well. The Chiefs did that. When they moved on from Tyreek Hill, everybody thought they were going to take a step back. I certainly thought they were going to take a step back. Not significantly, but that they weren't individually the team to beat in the AFC without Tyreek Hill. They didn't make up for it at the wide receiver position at all. But where they made up for it is drafting Wells, drafting Trent McDuffie, and drafting Nick Bolton, and drafting really quality players. They had a significant draft to help make up the difference. Meanwhile, the New York Jets had one of the best drafts in modern history, right? They found the offensive and defensive rookies of the year. I think we did a tidbit about how that never happens. Yeah, yeah, it's happened like twice. And doesn't even count Brees Hall, who looks like a superstar as well. The Jets had a historic draft. And what did they have to show for it? No quarterbacks. Seven wins because they have no quarterback. The sauce is have quarterback, draft well. Now? Draft Sauce Gardner. That would be I would I would do that, but you've got to have quarterback too. You have to have both things. You can't draft well, no quarterback. That's not going to help you. You have to draft well, have quarterback. That's the sauce. The price of the quarterback we're obsessed with. I had somebody attempt to sell me that. Well, if you can keep that cost under 13%, then maybe when your quarterback goes down, you can survive it. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't use that salary cap money in order to survive losing your quarterback. It cannot be done. Your quarterback is sucking up 20% of your salary cap. Your quarterback is sucking up 10% of your salary cap. If you lose your quarterback, you're effed. I am aware. Once upon a time, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles. That did happen. You have won. And Case Keenum and Blake Bortles were in that conference championship. That won't happen that much. That will Very unlikely for that yeah. to be happening. You have one example. One. In, modern fo- in the, the era of need quarterback... You have one example of a team that was able to survive losing their quarterback 
and make the Super Bowl, more or less win it. That's not the guiding light. The guiding light is very simple. Have quarterback. That's it. The price of the quarterback, irrelevant. Have quarterback. Now, as I've said a million times, yes, it's possible the Ravens could move on and draft quarterback and have quarterback. It's possible. I can't say that they couldn't do that. If they move into the top 10, they take whoever it is, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, whatever. Like, if they could absolutely find the next superstar quarterback. But when you already have one. The price is the yeah. thing we all get hung up on. They're not even debating about the price. They know. They're debating about back-end contract flexibility. That's what this debate is about. And really what it's about is holding the line. It's about Steve Bishotti not wanting to give away a fully guaranteed contract because the NFL owners don't want him to. But if you wanted to be more charitable, you would say it's about back-end contract flexibility. It's about the ability to maneuver in the fourth or fifth year of a deal in case something were to dramatically go wrong. Insurance, if you will. Which, to some extent, you could argue that you understand. Like, it makes sense that you would want that to be the case. Do you know how badly something has to go wrong in order for you to get there? It's what we keep saying. To this point, literally no quarterback that has gotten this type of contract has ever not gotten all of the money. Flip, more often than not, overwhelmingly more often than not, you go back to that quarterback and give them more money to try to buy yourself some flexibility in the cap otherwise. That's what you're fighting over. These other things are irrelevant. This continued obsession that we have over an agent is weird. Lamar Jackson can make his choices. When someone suggests the NFLPA is holding the Ravens hostage because of their being hellbent, Lamar Jackson has chosen that. That's what he wants. You wish that Lamar Jackson's obligation was to help the Ravens as much as possible. Be nice, right? If you're a fan of a team, that would be nice. I, I, I wish Lamar Jackson only wanted to play for $1 million. That would be cool, right? Like, then you'd have a lot more money that you could spread around. Why does anyone ever want money? For that sake, why is it that Roquan Smith wanted $20 million? Why couldn't he have just wanted $1 million to play football? Wait, how long, how much do we do this? Why is it that it's Lamar's obligation to not get market value? What about, say, Mark Andrews? Why did he have to take as much money as he did? Why couldn't he have taken $5 million less? H how far is the length that we're willing to go with this? We, we keep trying to do anything other than deal with the thing. The thing is, why is it that the Ravens don't want to give fully guaranteed money to Lamar Jackson? What are they afraid of? Well, I think I know the answer. I think they're afraid of walking into the owners' meetings next year and getting stink-eyed. They don't want that. They saw that Jimmy Haslam was treated as a pariah because of what he did. It's, again, very weird that no one brings up the Vikings with all of this. So strange. White's different about these two things. So weird how the obsession is with Deshaun, well, that's just an anomaly. Well, what about the other guaranteed, fully guaranteed contract that was given out? Why do we pretend like that didn't happen? I don't get it. 
Well, but it was only for three years. It was only for it wasn't nearly it was market value for the quarterback that they signed. Kirk Cousins didn't take less money from the Vikings than he could have gotten somewhere else in order to get it fully guaranteed. It wasn't like he had a was it three eighty four? Was that the number? You're the Vikings fan. I, so. I believe yeah, it was something it was like that. 384. It yeah. wasn't like he took three eighty four to get it fully guaranteed from the Vikings when he could have had four one twenty somewhere else. I had somebody talking to me about that. Well, if the players want fully guaranteed money, they're going to have to take less in the contracts. That's factually not accurate. We already have two examples. Two teams who understood they needed quarterbacks. To be fair, these wouldn't be the quarterbacks I would have done it with. But I get it. It's sort of what I try to explain to people. The actual market value of a quarterback is absurdly more than this amount of money because all of the teams know the same thing. The sauce is have quarterback, have chance. The, the actual tangible, like dollars, your quarterback is probably worth more than 50% of your cap space because, again, if you don't have one, you're in hell. You don't think the Chiefs would tell you that, that Pat Mahomes is worth more I mean, than Imagine, imagine yeah. they ran off best receiver in football. Imagine how many other guys they would... Like, there's not anyone else they wouldn't run off in order to keep Patrick Mahomes. Because they know, have quarterback, have chance. And again, we all know Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Nobody's debating which guy you'd rather have. Like, we all understand that. But in order to have a chance to beat Patrick Mahomes, you must have quarterback to have chance. We wag the dog over this. We get obsessed over, well, what about the shoe deal? He could have had a shoe deal. Yes, he could have had a shoe deal. For whatever reason, he chose not to. But I don't know what you're angry about. It's like we're looking for something else. Let's be angry at the NFLPA. Let's be angry about Lamar not having an agent. Let's be angry. This comes down to one simple thing. Do the Ravens want to pay Lamar Jackson or not? And a lot of people are fine with the idea of them not. That's cool. It's, I can't tell you what your opinion should be about the subject. Griffin likes watching Jake Paul box. A lot of people have a lot of dumb opinions. Well. That's insanely stupid, but that's that's what you do. God bless you. I can't... I don't know what to say. You're not the only one. That's the terrifying part. Country's going to hell. That's where we are. I watched Creed 1 for the first time last that, night. By that the was, way... That was, that was... It's beautiful. It's so one, much it's better just than Jake a, Paul fighting. My God. I, I'm actually offended that you would even put the two in the same sentence. <laughs> Christ. Oh. You going to go see Creed 3 when it comes out this week? Yeah. Pretty excited. They're excited about it. Yeah. Very excited about it. Also, both, both seem to be in their closing chapters: Jake Paul's boxing career and the Creed trilogy. Creed. It looks like a good movie for sure. But I they said they're not doing another one. I don't know. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? This, do it? I don't understand why they wouldn't do another one. No, I think this is unless people think this is bad. This is I don't the know. Because I, I read somewhere that Michael B. Jordan wants to start moving on with other projects and such. So. Well, he's done a lot of other. It's not like doing yeah. the Creed movies has kept him from doing it other projects. It sounded like his tone was yeah. time. Yeah. To You're familiar transition. with Killmonger? Like he's done yeah. a lot of things. I thought it was The Wire for a second. Like, wait, he's going back? Yeah. Are they doing an origin well, story? Well, because Avon Barksdale was in it, and then what? And Creed One. Oh, and, well, yeah. I mean, Wood Harris, sure. Yeah, Wood Harris. It was, it was awesome. I love that guy. Um, I always thought that there was going to be like a little Duke. That's the weird part is that the sparring. The Lil Duke from the first Creed movie, I always thought they would bring back as an actual opponent for mm. for uh, Donnie at some point, but they never did, which was... Yet? 
Yes, correct. And, 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 and Creed 4. All of a sudden, we're go. now convinced that there's not going to be a Creed 4. I would just would have thought they would have like said that publicly at this point if they were certain that there was not going to be a Creed 4. I don't know why they wouldn't market it that way. This is the end or something like that. I, don't, I just don't know what else they'd be doing with it. I, yeah, why, why, I mean, why, who wants to turn down money? <laughs> like, hey, we got about a, we got a, a, five, a $500 million project on our hands. Nah. Maybe there's just no nah, plans for it at the moment. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think that they're working on the next film yet, but they've been spacing these out. Like, it's been taking three years. It's not like they've been pumping them out right. every year or two. I don't know how we got here from the conversation that we were having well, about Lamar. Earlier this month, someone confirmed they would for sure be a Creed Four. Yeah, that's why it doesn't make sense to me. Is it, I think it's kind of interesting that it's kind of following the same story arc as, like, uh, Rocky. Well, yes, that would be the idea. He's fighting, uh, he's fighting sure. like, the Clubber Lang-esque in the third one, and then, like, Maybe we see him go. We already did the Dolph Lundgren thing, and yeah. we already did Drago in Creed Two, so yeah. we can't yeah, really yeah, replicate right. Rocky Four in Creed Four. We're or gonna they, have to go. Or they a just could. Yeah. I mean, they could. Sure, absolutely, they could. Or they could do anything else because they all work. Well, I have to reserve. I have to wait until I watch this one, and then we'll find out how I feel about it. And again, I thought Creed One was better than Creed Two, but Creed Two was just fine. It was still better than ninety percent of the things that are produced in the world. It was totally fine, and I'm sure that's how Creed Three will go. Even though I'm nervous about a Rocky movie without Rocky, it's weird. It's weird. Like it's just yeah. it's a strange conundrum that we're doing the first ever Rocky movie without Rocky. All of a sudden, we're doing this, and I get it. But back to the point. We are obsessed with the idea of Lamar Jackson as agent. We we are doing anything other than just dealing with the problem. We're dealing with the problem of. Whether or not it makes sense, ultimately, to pay a fully guaranteed contract to a quarterback versus we're living in a world where you may or may not have a quarterback. That's what this comes down to. You can try to wag the dog all you want about agents and the players associate. You can wag the dog all day. But at the end of this, there's one thing. Eh, there's two things, and I'll bring this up with Joe Corey. The second part of it is, is there a team that's willing to do it? And as I pointed out yesterday, what's happened, it's so rare for any quarterback worth the salt to end up on the free market, quote-unquote. And I get it. Even Deshaun Watson wasn't on the free market. He was just essentially on the free market because we knew that the Texans were moving on from him. It, it, this, the desperation of teams with no quarterbacks reeks. And as we pointed out, there are, at most, 16 to 18 teams that aren't desperate at quarterback right now. At most. And you got to squint a little bit on some of those. Some of those are teams that should be desperate at quarterback, but... They just can't. Can't yet, yeah. right? Like, can't yet say they're definitely desperate at quarterback. So I'm giving it 16 to 18 that aren't, but that's at the most. So of the next six, 14 to 16 teams that would be desperate at quarterback, there are four first-round quarterbacks available. Four of those teams will address the position via a first-round quarterback. That still leaves you with 10 to 12 teams that are utterly desperate at quarterback. To be clear, some of those teams will absolutely prioritize holding the line over trying to win a Super Bowl. They won't announce that to their fan base, but whatever team signs up for Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback next season is telling you, we don't care as much about winning a Super Bowl as we do about staying in line. The truth is that whatever team does that with Derek Carr is doing the same thing, but we're not, for whatever reason, allowed. we're still supposed to pretend like Derek Carr is a, team that you, a quarterback that you win a Super Bowl with. 
I don't know what that bid is all about. I don't know why people are so... Maybe it's just because people think there's a chance he could end up in Baltimore, but people get very offended when you acknowledge that Derek Carr is not the guy you're winning a Super Bowl with. He's not that dude. Because he's such a nice guy. And I, don't, I guess. Press like, I guess. That, I don't know what it is. It's weird, man. It's weird. Or it's because of an obsession with statistics, right? Like, well, look at these numbers. Look at Because he's thrown for 4,000 yards before. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. You're not allowed to say it. Whenever you bring it up, people get very offended. Well, imagine, you, you don't think the Jets would be better with Derek Carr? Yes, I do. I don't think they're winning a Super Bowl. They had a hell of a roster. They're intriguing. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl. Not in this AFC currently, not a chance. If the Jets were in the NFC with Derek Carr... They can't win their division with Derek Carr. Um, I'm not going to say can't. I don't think Like, I'm not going to say can't. I, they wouldn't be the favorites. Yeah. But, you know, football's football, and Josh Allen could get hurt. The Bills... I mean, there's things that could happen. The team that does it with Derek Carr is not really trying to win the Super... Now, somebody would say, what about an NFC team? The NFC's wide open. If an NFC team got Derek Carr, they might be one of the top five. Sure. Like, by... By the process of elimination, I guess. He's I don't the know. Second-piss quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like it's possible. <laughs> the NFC is a, a a complete crapshoot. But even if, like, say, this this doesn't like makes like financial sense, but say the 49ers signed Derek Carr, that's a lateral move. It feels like it for the most part, right? It feels like, lateral. It like, do, I don't disagree that it feels lateral. At the same time, the does 49ers, it feel like their the 49ers increase. are the one team that showed that they could load up, absolutely load up. I was debating this with somebody yesterday. Like, if you're the Saints, why would you feel like you have to go all in? Why you could just maybe be the team that gets Derek Carr and tries to be like the 49ers? And I was like, in what world? Like, I like Chris Olave, but there's no Christian McCaffrey there. There's no George Kittle. And like, that defense, no defense yeah. is is good, but it ain't the 49ers' it's defense. Old. Yeah. Like, in what world do you think that Derek Carr makes you replicate the 49ers in some sort of way? By default, again, by far the best situation. If you had Derek Carr and the Saints, you've got the best quarterback in the division by far for the moment. But it's just you're shuffling the deck chairs. You're not trying. You're trying. You're pacifying the idea that, look, there were people in Washington that were excited about Carson Wentz last year. You're not trying. You're just trying. When we say all it takes is one team, yeah, all it takes is one team. But the point is that there are going to be, right now, nobody's drafted a quarterback yet. So right now, there's 14 to 16 desperate teams in the position. A few of them absolutely would say, we would rather lose than give out a fully guaranteed contract and piss off other owners. There's no doubt that other owners feel that way. But all 14 of them? All 16 of them? I don't believe that. I don't believe it for a second. So we can keep obsessing over it. We can keep talking about shoe deals, and we can keep talking about whatever else you want to talk about. But at the end, the Ravens have one decision to make. Do you want to have a quarterback or not? Do you want to go back to the drawing board? Go back to the drawing board, I guess. Like I said, it could work out. It's possible. Anything's possible. It's America, right? Like, who knows what's possible? Is it something that I'm interested in signing up for? No, not at all. But it goes, like, you know, there's the there's option one, Lamar Jackson. There's option two, draft a quarterback. And then somewhere down here is stopgap quarterback. There's no world. No world in which I'm talking about Derek Carr or Geno Smith or any of the, the – get the entire F out of here with that. 
this isn't great, but it's a whole lot better than this. Even though that you can fall flat on your face with this. Like again, we we've convinced ourselves that well, you just draft your next quarterback. Right. And you could end up with Josh Rosen. Right. Or Sam Darnold. Or we can keep going. How'd the rest of the class besides Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson do that year? Yeah, Baker Mayfield had a good season. You could end up with Baker Mayfield. Get one good season out of him. You could end up with Jameis Winston. You can end up with we can keep we can go on for forever. Yes, you could find Jalen Hurts. Possibly. Marcus Mariota was just cut. Marcus Mariota. Could find him. I, that's where you are. It's a crapshoot. Because you want cap flexibility. Because you're mad that Lamar Jackson wouldn't take endorsement money and then decide that he can do less in a contract because he's got endorsement money. I, I, I wanted to tell you, man. Again, it, it'd be neat. It'd be a neat story if Lamar Jackson was the guy that was like, hey, man, I'm so hell-bent on winning the Super Bowl that I don't care about him. That'd be cool, right? It would make us feel good. But why should he? That's the, yeah. like, that's the part. There is no reason. There's absolutely zero reason for him to do that. And it would – this is the other thing, too, is that people miss out on it. It, it would be problematic. I, Tom Brady was able to go back to the NFLPA and say, get banned. I'm married to a billionaire. I don't care. You can be as mad as you want to be about me. And somebody can say, well, why does the NFLPA care? There's a salary floor. All teams have to spend a certain amount of money. It's the rising tides of rage ships. You know, like they want guys to get top end money because then it makes all players look more valuable by proxy. If that guy is more of a marketable star, the guys that are around him become more marketable stars. Nobody on the Ravens is thinking, hey, if Lamar Jackson's gone, then there's more of the pie to go around for us. No one feels that way. Not one. We'll have this conversation again tomorrow for what it's I mean, that's just where we the, are. The thought in the locker room is if he's gone, we're we're mid. Like yes. we're just middle of the road. Correct. We're effed. That's, I mean, they wouldn't say that because it would be disrespectful to whoever the guy is. That, but it's, that it's, the, mi- it's but yes. the mindset feeling of if we don't bring him back, yep. we're playing games and running through the mo- going through the motions. Yep. What is There's the no excitement to it. No one, like this thought process of when these other guys don't really want one person sa- sinking 20% of the salary cap. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Because it makes them feel like they have a chance. That's exactly what they want. I assure you. It's what they want. They might have a little less money in their pocket, but it makes it easier to go to work. Or they every might day. have. They might end up being the guy that gets squeezed. Yeah, it's they, harder they to go to work every day guy. with uh, Marcus Mariota as a quarterback as I mean, opposed to Lamar Jackson. There's no getting around Simple it. As that. It's no getting around it. Nobody wants to be on that team. Nobody wants to be on the team that has more cap space. Cap space will never, in a million years, be greater than quarterback. I mean, unless the NFL changes the rules. Like, at some point, the NFL could decide to go back to the era where the quarterbacks weren't the priority and where you could play defense and all that. I'd be very surprised by it. But unless the NFL does that, there will never be a day where cap space is more valuable than quarterback. Today's show also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. So much available for you right now. In fact, baseball betting is here. Get up to five second-chance bets. Up to $50 each from PointBet, along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up at PressBoxOnline.com offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, player reward bets, they're already live in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers now for your shot at winning big. When we come back in, we will switch gears, talk a little. Uh, we will get to more of this with uh, Joel Corey from CBSSports.com, former NFL agent. But when we come back in, we'll talk some Terps, some hoops with Patrick Stevens. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our Winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. If you missed it last night, Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, caught up with the great Rick Dempsey. You can find it right now, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the Videos tab. Go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Um, John from Little Rock chimed in this morning and says, uh, Snyder charged a team $4.5 million for his plane logo. I mean, that's fair, right? So, yes, that's part of the story in this bank fraud allegation is that like he recouped money by charging the team to put their logo on his personal plane, which... Like, I, the the weird part is, again, 
the response from everybody is just like, yeah, I don't know. That's not really all that big of a deal to me. Like, that's how bad Dan Snyder is. That we're $55 million a bank loan. We're just sort of like, eh, I don't know. Bank, what's a little bank fraud among friends? Like, we are not moved by it because, in comparison to everything else that we know about Dan Snyder, our answer is sort of just like, eh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it doesn't even register, it doesn't even show up. So, there's that. All right, uh, let's. It's Tuesday. On Tuesdays, we talk college sports. Uh, Maryland gets a huge win on Senior Day, and a lot of local teams shift into postseason play. Joining us now, as he always does on Tuesdays, our friend. You follow him on Twitter at discourse d one s course. Read his stuff in the Washington Post and USA Lacrosse Magazine. He is Mr. Patrick Stevens, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well, and as I as I listened to that last uh, screed against everybody's favorite NFL owner, I, I thought to myself, "You remember the whole Keith Olbermann worst person in the world?" I stick? do remember like, that. Yeah, was it was it was it was it was it really necessary when the answer was in front of us the Forever. whole time? Basically, Forever. at least the worst person in the sports world. Anyway. I'm telling Patrick, this one is the most bizarre. It's fifty five million dollars of the bank fraud, and I'm telling it's being met with a. Eh. Like, there is no response to it at all, because how does it possibly compare to all of the other truly evil things we know about the man? Like, he's the worst human that we could ever possibly imagine, to the point where we're like, eh, well, I don't know, bank fraud? Eh, not that big of a deal. I, I mean, the, 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 that, it, it, it's not so much that we're shrugging at it. It's, it's just, it's like, why wouldn't he be doing right. it, right? right? Like, from it, based on everything, like, yes. Sue, like, Elderly, elderly grandmothers yes. and whatnot for yes. for all this other stuff. Like, whatever. It, yeah, it just feels like a Tuesday. That's exactly where we are. And because it feels like a Tuesday, let's talk some uh, college sports. Uh, obviously, a phenomenal victory for Maryland on Sunday. I, I guess l- let's lay this thing out because I'm guessing you've done a lot of work on the tiebreaker scenarios. In order to make sure they get a double buy. Does it feel like they have to win both of these games on the road? If they were to just win one, does everybody beat everybody else still this week and they're still probably in pretty good shape? I'll be honest. I haven't gotten that far on it just because when it it comes to tiebreakers, usually I wait until we have like one set of games left as opposed to two because there's just uh, a a little bit too much there. But, But what I would say is this, is that they have single game victories over Indiana, and Northwestern, and Illinois, and they have a split with Michigan. So, essentially, the only teams they don't need to be paired with are Rutgers and Iowa. And so, essentially, keep those teams out of there. And and Michigan State, I suppose, but that won't be a tie. Michigan State, because that Minnesota game's now a no contest. Right, they can't. Um, They could could end up getting a double bye, but it isn't going to be a tie with Maryland or anything. So, if I was Maryland, I'd go win at least one game. I don't think eleven and nine will get the job done, but yeah. I do think that, that twelve and eight probably will. And this comes down to the proverbial unanswerable question: like there, there is no dispute. Like, Ten and zero at home in conference play is an accomplishment. There's, there's no way of getting. I can't try to knock that in any way. It's, it's absolutely something. It, I, there is no doubt that it has something to do with the parity in the Big Ten this year. But even with that being said, these are good basketball teams. You handled your business. The question becomes: Can you go win a game? I, you know, even Ohio State you know, showed signs of life at home recently, right? Like, can you go win a game on the road against at least a competent basketball team, which to this point they haven't done yet this season? They they have not done it yet. And, and you know, I, I felt like Ohio State was going to pick somebody off, right? Like, they almost had to. 
uh, beat somebody down the stretch. Uh, and then they got Illinois the other day. So I don't know whether that's good for Maryland or bad that Ohio State got that sort of token victory there. Okay. Uh, and, of course, then you've got the, the Penn State trip at the end, which I think we've all seen enough over the years uh, of Maryland going into Penn State. No like doubt. Basically, that series has that series has been two two games played like a half dozen times each. The Penn State comes to Maryland and just isn't quite good enough. And the Maryland goes to Penn State and lollygags around for a half and finds itself down and can't get back into it quite enough. So, you know, can they go out up there and just sort of hang around a little bit and maybe, and maybe steal a game from the Nittany Lions? I mean, you look at what happened to Penn State the other night. I mean, a team that goes nine and a half minutes at the end of the game without making a field goal. Uh, that that's a team that's inviting you to, to to stick around a little bit. So uh, I think if you're Maryland, you would love to be able to pick off one of these two. I heard I heard a, a a radio host in another market describe the the net boost um, of going to Ohio State and winning. You know, over these la- over this last month or so, as being like a Super Mario Brothers hit the question mark and the one up comeback. Okay. Um, you know, basically like a team that isn't any good, but you get a benefit from it in terms of your profile. So. You know, maybe that's the game that Maryland goes and wins, even though Ohio State really isn't that good. Yeah. Ultimately, um, you know, as, as a lot of people like to remind me, you know, the NCAA tournament isn't played on 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 road courts. Of course, you, know, you don't play road games there. So, you know, I, I I do think there is something to be said for hey, can you can you get something away from home? But they already have a Miami, and and so they they do have something of some value, and they'll obviously have a chance to get something of value next week. Uh, when they head to Chicago. And, and I think to me, Patrick, the bigger question about what Maryland can do now, knowing they're not going to play another game on their home floor, is can they avoid these just wretched starts that we've seen from them on the road? Can they come out sharp, playing well? Because I, I do at this point accept that they are a better team than these teams they're facing. I, I believe, as much as everything is muddled in the Big Ten, I believe Maryland is a better team than Penn State and a better team than Ohio State. And I think they're as good as anybody they might face until, you know, the Big Ten championship game. I think the difference away from home has regularly been that, you know, we joke about Penn State not scoring for the for nine and a half minutes at the end of a game. But what about at the beginning of the game when Maryland is struggling so much? And there have certainly been a few of those. You know, Tennessee comes to mind as one of those. Yep. Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, there, there have even, been even Nebraska. Had their those, like those. They, they were in it, but they were struggling badly in the first half against Nebraska. Yeah, that too. Um, you know, I I think uh, ultimately, you know, they they will have to solve that issue. And, and when you look at their numbers, let's face it, there's one number that sits there, and you and you look at it and you say, well, this is one big giant problem, and that's the three point yeah. shooting, which was not a problem the other night. I mean, they had they tied for their second most made three pointers ever, uh, which you would not expect out of this particular team nope. to be able to do that. Nope. Um, you might remember the all-time great, the all-time winner was uh, 17 against Missouri-Kansas City in the Mike Jones game back in ah, 2006. I, wow, boy, I, it's so funny. I would not have guessed that, but now that you bring it up, I definitely remember that. Okay, there is no doubt. Like he hit, he hit, he hit not, he hit nine of their 17 that night, and they won something like 101 to 52. Well, uh, but aside, aside from that trip down memory lane, like, I don't expect Maryland to shoot 14 to 22 from three-point range again at all this season no. because that that is a that is an outlier. And if they want to make shots or if they can make shots I should say that that would be outside shots. That would go a long way 
towards sort of breaking up some of those choppy starts. It's just knock a few shots down and suddenly things are going to open up a little bit more. Because if I was facing Maryland, I would certainly do everything I possibly could to keep Jameer Lane, Jameer Young out of the lane and right. take my chances from there. Right. That's, that's what I would build my defense around. Because that's when Maryland gets dangerous when he's able to do that. Well, and try to get Juju Reese into foul trouble, right? Like those are the those that, are the two. That things. would that would help. That would help too. That yep. would help too. But I, I think I think number one on the list is keep Young out of the lane and make him hit jumpers. Two area teams will we already know that, well at least when they're playing in conference play. The one that's intriguing all of a sudden a Loyola team that looked lifeless for much of this season suddenly shows significant signs of life down the stretch. Um, I, I don't think that there's a lot of opening for them to make a deep run in the Patriot League tournament, but what do you make about this sort of sudden explosion that we saw from the Greyhounds down the stretch? Yeah, we'll start with the caveat that there's probably an expiration date on their season of Thursday because if they beat Holy Cross tonight, then they go to Colgate, which has lost one conference right. game in its last 30-some outings. So... In all likelihood, that's probably where things end, and, and they lost by 13 and by 34 in their two games against Colgate this season. But this is a Loyola team playing better. Uh, they, they won at Lehigh, who was a second-place team. Uh, they managed to scramble their way into this logjam um, in, the, in, the, in the conference standings by winning four of their last five. You saw them smoke Holy Cross last week. Uh, they outlasted American in overtime. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, and, and 55 first-half points for a team that I saw score 34 points in a game back in December. Right. In a game. Right. So, you know, this is, a, this, this is a team that obviously has figured something out down the stretch. Uh, I think some of what we figured out is, is that the middle of that league beyond the top two or three teams is pretty much all the same. So, and, and I also think that you, you've seen Deion Perry in particular come on pretty strong here toward the end of his freshman year. Uh, made the made the all rookie team, but you look at the you look at what he's done in that in those five games, uh, the four wins, twenty eight points, seventeen, twenty seven, and twenty two. That that's going to help you a lot. So I, I think everybody kind of assumed that he was eventually going to emerge as the guy for this team, even if they had guys like Jalen Andrews and Kenneth Jones around. And, and I think that has finally kind of happened in a full fledged sort of manner, as opposed to you know, what we saw in December and early January where there were two points, four points, two points, there was a goose egg against Boston university on the road. Uh, but basically, uh, since late January, he, he has really figured things out and, and starting really with that Bucknell game. He scored 20 points in that game at the end of January and got them uh, a victory that day. And since then, you know, they've, they've been a better team, even, even in some of the losses, I mean, a one point loss to BU lost by six at army, you know, the Colgate, the second Colgate game was more competitive so at the very least, you, you look at that and say that at least that they improved over the course of a season that once looked really, really good. Sure, no doubt. Uh, as far as Navy is concerned, they do lose to Colgate, but I noticed they played without Sean Yoder, and it was quite the battle. I, like I, I would still think that they would go into the Patriot tor- League tournament feeling like they have. I, I, I get that Colgate deserves to be the team to beat, but Navy certainly looks like a team that has as good a chance of anyone as beating them. Well, Yoder, Yoder got hurt in the in the victory over American last Wednesday, and so it was definitely kind of clear when that happened that it wasn't it was uncertain whether he was going to play in that regular season finale. We'll see. We'll have a better sense of, of how serious that really is if he plays Thursday or not. 
but before that, you know, Navy had won 10 out of 11 games. It had gotten itself on a nice roll and, frankly, is playing about as well as anybody not named Colgate. I mean, I, I think if you were to line up who are the, the best teams, the teams that are playing the best in the Patriot League right, right now, it's probably Colgate, then Navy, and then maybe Loyola right after that. Um, and Boston U is also playing pretty well. But I, I look at Navy, and, and I see a team that gets to play at home for, for at least the first two rounds of the tournament. And I, I think that by itself is going to give them a decent shot at being able to, to at least make, get another crack at Colgate in a potential championship game a week from tomorrow. I, that's that's exactly the way that I feel about it. I feel exactly the same. And then, and, yeah, go and, ahead. And 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 when you when you, and when you look at Navy, like wh- when you think about what a service academy team is supposed to be, it's supposed to be seniors playing well at the end of their careers, right? Yep. Like more so than just about anybody else. Yep. And you have Daniel Deaver, Tyler Nelson, Sean Yoder when healthy, Christian Jones. I mean, yeah, Patrick Dorsey. You have guys largely playing well that are that have been in the program. And, you know, I think that's a real credit to Ed DeCellis for having managed to, to navigate all, all the things that he has, uh, certainly with a, a rough stretch in the middle of, uh, of the season this year, right at the start of league play when they lost five in a row. But also, I mean, this is a group of guys that, that is, uh, you know, this is a pandemic group, right? Like their first season uh, would have been, uh, their freshman year would have been leading into the pandemic. So to have been able to shepherd this group along and, and kind of maintain things is pretty impressive work on Ed's part. Towson will begin the CAA tournament on Sunday night, opponent to be determined. Obviously, they suffer a heartbreaker down in the second half. They kind of wilted against Charleston on Thursday night. I, you know, I I like I, I get the CAA tournament is weird, right? And maybe there's some world where it, you don't have to be the team going into the CAA tournament. You just have to figure out a way to win three games in three days. I, I, I don't know. I saw enough warts from Charleston in big game or sorry, from Towson in big games this year that I, I don't know what makes me think that necessarily things are going to be different in D.C. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I want to give them credit for having not given up that Wil- Wilmington game two nights later. Sure. Because they were, yep. they were in great position to lose that game and yep. basically locked down on the Seahawks down the stretch and were able to get that win. They get the three seed rather than the four seed. Uh, I'm not sure which of those is frankly better because now you are in Charleston's bracket for a possible semifinal. But they've played Charleston tough twice, both times, yeah. And for the for you know the first time they they fell behind early, forced overtime, and then lost by two. And they were in it in in the in the game down there last week up until the last couple minutes. Uh, you look at what they've done against Hofstra: four point loss on the road and a dominant performance on Martin Luther King Day at home. And and Hofstra hasn't lost since then. Uh, and so those are the top two teams. Those are the teams you're probably going to have to get through. Uh, at the end of the day, that, that was probably going to be the math no matter what. So, you know, do I think Towson has the goods to be able to rip off three wins in a row? Well, it, well they haven't done that since January, and it's been a kind of manageable schedule. I mean, they had William & Mary that they lost to on the road. They had a terrible weekend with that Drexel-William & Mary combo. Uh, but I do think that they're going to have a shot, and – You've seen Charles Thompson playing reasonably well. You have Cam Holden. You have Nick Timberlake. Nigel Russell's been a, a, a nice plus for them this season. The, the question is, is you know, can they get enough guys playing well on a given night? And I, I don't know if, if that's going to happen on three consecutive nights. But I certainly wouldn't put it past Towson, which I do think is actually a pretty decent offensive team. I think there's probably a few more questions on the defensive end than the offensive end this year. 
that they that they should at least be able to give themselves a shot, which is you know really all that they really would want going into going into a season anyway. Uh, that's fair. That's uh, completely fair. All right, for time reasons, I'm going to fast forward to our game and. Uh, just go ahead and play. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? And, Patrick, I begin with someone that admittedly I did not realize had gotten to four teams. And this is tricky because it's overwhelmingly one and then just a couple at the end. A five-time All-Star, Mike Sweeney is our first name. Mike Sweeney. Yeah, I did not have so any clue. Kansas- yes. So Kansas City and a whole lot of other teams. Yeah, three other teams in the span of two years at the end of his career. Oh, sorry, now I've got to sorry. Re- it was three See, years. Three teams over three years at the end of his career, from 08 to 10. So three other teams for Mike Sweeney? Yeah, I knew. I and knew. I, and now I – was he in St. Louis? Not in St. Louis, no. I'm going to get him confused with Mark Mark Sweeney, Sweeney. yeah, there is, um, there is an issue there. Was uh, Mike Sweeney a Mariner? Yes, he was. I have no idea why you remember that. Mike Sweeney was a Mariner in 2009 and then for the first half of 2010. I have no recollection of it whatsoever. Eh, let's just throw the Dodgers out. No, I thought you might get the Phillies at the end of his career. In the end of 2010, he went to Philadelphia, and Oakland was the first stop after Kansas City. Oakland was, and, the, Oakland was the next guest. Yeah, and and you know what? I actually That was the only one of them that I even had a vague memory of. Um, so then the other guy, five teams. Again, some short stints in here. For someone who is a three-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove winner, two-time Silver Slugger winner, and twice finished in the top ten of MVP voting, Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp. Well, definitely the Dodgers. Of course. Definitely Atlanta. Yes. Definitely San Diego. Yes. Those are the three that I remember. And that, those are the three. Yeah, those <laughs> Those are the three that were that were reasonably significant, right? Like yes. we're talking basically now two teams. That so, are so on you've got team, everything right? from 06 to eighteen, and because he had this sort of renaissance season in eighteen with the Dodgers, then he finished his career with two stops in, in nineteen and twenty that were that were short lived. Okay, was he uh, was he did he have a Colorado cameo in yeah. there? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. In, in the in the pandemic season, he spent forty three games with the Colorado Rockies. How you remember that? I have no clue. I, I don't know, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and so there's one. There's one other. In team 2019, in there. he made 20 appearances with this particular team. He huh. hit. He hit right, 200 I... in uh, how many at bat? In 60 at bats with one home run. Was he a red? <laughs> Why? Why would you possibly know that? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Who are you? I don't understand this. What's your schedule look like this week, man? Uh, going to Loyola tonight. Will I be seeing you there? Uh, I can't do tonight. Well, uh, no, I'm not doing the game, so I can't go tonight. I, I, I got, okay. It's the only night this week where I don't have games, so I'm, I'm out. Fair enough. So Holy Cross Loyola tonight, and then uh, George Mason's home finale against Fordham uh, tomorrow night. Uh, it looks like probably the Howard Norfolk State Miac, basically Miac title game in the regular season. Okay. Uh, a lovely nine, a lovely nine p.m. tip on Thursday. Oof. And then the CAA tournament gets underway starting Friday. It's Pillow Fight Friday with the 12 and 13 seeds uh, at 2 o'clock in D.C. We'll also be sliding over to VCU and GW on Saturday afternoon in the middle of that You're, quadruple uh, header. So When you say 9 o'clock on Thursday, that isn't like to be determined after a women's game, too, is it? No, it's not. It's 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 9 o'clock. Okay, 9 o'clock right. for TV. All right. 
very good. I'm starting to wonder if, like, on a senior night, it ends up being 9:45 or something like that. The game tips. No, off, it, but, w- it won't. It won't be that bad. Meanwhile, that same night, Morgan and Coppin. Play yeah, over yep. At, uh, Absolutely. So. And I saw Coppin went on the road, won at Delaware State last night. So um, Coppin went on the road, win at Delaware State. Coppin can still be the six, seven, or eight seed, uh, and then. Morgan State is locked into the four or five game already, okay. so yeah. they'll play. They're going to play Maryland Eastern Shore again in the quarterfinals of the MEAC tournament, no matter what happens in that Coppin game. At Discourse D One Escorts is how you follow him on Twitter. Of course, the Washington Post, USA Lacrosse Magazine to see his stuff. Patrick Stevens, appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk again next Tuesday. Awesome. Take care, Glenn. It's Patrick Stevens with us every Tuesday here on at GCR. Your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, bring us today's program. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Our number one of today's program in the books. Still to come in just a moment. minute, we're going to chat with Joel Corey, former NFL agent, CBSSports.com. He has a suggestion for a contract that he believes would work for Lamar Jackson. Although, admittedly, he's not sure that Lamar Jackson will listen to anything that isn't fully guaranteed, so we'll deal with that right now. Also, still to come this hour, I, I, I want to get to some more. I got a bunch of responses yesterday to the pitch clock stuff that we had. I want to go through some of those, that conversation that we had on yesterday's show. I want to make sure I get into that as well. But as I mentioned, joining us right now here on GCR, former NFL agent, now with CBSSports.com, he is our friend, Mr. Joel Corey, and he's back with us now on GCR. Joel, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Oh, no problem. Joel, I, you know, in reading the piece that you wrote and the suggestion, we'll get to the, the contract specifically. Two of the big takeaways for me were, one, are we at a point where Lamar Jackson will be willing to listen to anything that's not related to fully guaranteed? And, and for what it's worth, in my kind of minimal reporting – I was told at one point that it's not as I, – I wasn't told what Stephen A. Smith was told, but I was told that it is not as black and white as it's fully guaranteed or nothing. Um, is your belief that, like, if if there is a world in which he would do a deal that isn't fully guaranteed, the contract suggestion that you make is the one that makes the most sense? Yeah, from his standpoint, because my, my whole thing is if you're pushing for a fully guaranteed contract, first got to look and see – is anyone else going to help you get there? I don't think any of the guys on rookie contracts will. I don't think Jalen Hurts gets one. I don't think Joe Burrow gets one or Justin Herbert. So if you already, if the Ravens already think that Deshaun Watson's contract is an anomaly or an outlier, not getting any more help, then that makes it even more difficult to get the fully guaranteed contract. So you push forward initially in negotiations. And then you open the door to not getting one by making this monumental concession is how you would position it. And from this major concession, I need these things. If I can't get these things, I'm going back to the fully guaranteed contract. You can stick a franchise tag on me. I don't care which one. If you do exclusive, then obviously I can't talk to anybody. We've got a new offensive coordinator. You will see me when I show up, whenever that is. Right. Give so the concession is give me the opportunity to negotiate. El- that's the first concession. Give me the opportunity to negotiate elsewhere. No, no. I'm just saying that the forecast down the road is look. If you don't want to do something along these lines, 
and you're going to stick the exclusive tag on me, you'll see me when you see me. I don't, if I'm the Ravens, I'm scared of the non-exclusive for this reason. Yeah. That it invites the offer sheet, and if you want a fully guaranteed contract, maybe the best way to get one is through the offer sheet, then the Ravens are doing something they don't want to do in the first place. Right. Or they're losing him for two first-round picks because that's the compensation right. for an unmatched offer sheet. That is inadequate to me. Lamar Jackson for two first-round picks, not enough. The reason I say that is you've had a safety in recent years, Jamal Adams, who's perpetually injured. Go for more than two first-round picks. Laramie Tunsil, more than two first-round picks. Jalen Watson, not, not Jalen Watson, Jalen Ramsey, more than two first-round picks. The quarterbacks last year, you can say whether it was a bad move for the Browns or the Broncos, the compensation to get Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson was the equivalent of three first-round picks plus. So two, I, two first-round picks from Lamar Jackson, not enough for me. I, I agree with that, Joel. I, this is an argument that was presented to me, which is if you're so convinced that my market value isn't a fully guaranteed contract, well, then give me the non-exclusive tag and let me go find that out, and then we are. But if you're convinced that you can't do that because you run the risk of somebody else signing me for that, then aren't you establishing that that's what my market value is, and then how are you not giving me a fully guaranteed deal? Well, it's not necessarily the fully guaranteed contract. It's the fact that there's only one that's gotten one, so that's the outlier. Well, there was Cousins a couple of years ago, right. years ago now, but he had to go through two tags to hit the open market and, and get it. Um, so to me, some people say, well, if you put the exclusive on it, then you establish that, the baseline for the negotiation is forty-five million. I'm like he already rejected fifty million, right. so I don't. That's that's a non-starter. It's an argument. You take two tags exclusive. You're basically at fifty, which is the average of the rejected offer. So I know it's a lot to take up on the cap, but to me, the exclusive is the safer play. I, for the record, I, Joel, I completely agree with you. I do just think it's compelling that if you're afraid of him going. Is it because you're afraid that the market value is more than what you're willing to offer? And if that's the case, then isn't that your answer about what you should be paying Lamar Jackson? And that eternally always comes back to me like I'm I don't think that the idea of fully guaranteed is as terrifying as a lot of other people do. But that's because I'm terrified of not having a quarterback like that's that's where my fear is in this market. Uh, Joel, the, the deal that you suggest um, is is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. One. Why specifically four years when it, it looks like the conversation has been about five? I don't want to do a five for, for the fact that the cap is probably going to skyrocket in the next couple of years. We're probably done paying back the money borrowed so the bottom didn't drop out of the cap with the pandemic. Right. Um, we used to see before Patrick Mahomes that quarterbacks gave up four new years, and there are a long list of them. Aaron Rodgers' 2018 contract, four years. Russell Wilson's 2019 contract, four new years. Jared Goff, uh, Carson Wentz, four new years. Deshaun Watson's first veteran contract, four new years. Dak Prescott signs for four years. Then we had this year, last year, Matthew Stafford, four new years. So I'm doing four, and I'm really basing some of this off of what happened with Dak Prescott because he was the guy who didn't have any years left they were sticking the second franchise tag on them. So some of the things borrowed from the contract I suggested were 
from incorporated from the Dak Prescott deal. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So you go that route. I, 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 this is a question I think a lot of people are struggling with. I, just to establish for the listeners, can you remind people what the difference is between full guarantee and essential guarantee? And what, like, when we see a number that says $133 million fully guaranteed, someone would read and say, well, that's more than, than so-and-so got. That's more than so-and-so got. But we, do we not understand enough about the words fully guaranteed, total guarantees, essentially guaranteed? Yeah, well, uh, $133 million fully guaranteed means as soon as Lamar signs his name on the dotted line, that's his. Now, the Ravens, particularly with the higher-end deals, there's a total guarantee, which means there's money which was guaranteed for injury at signing, where the salary cap and skill guarantee will kick in at a later date. It usually vests a year early before that year comes up um, for the higher-end deals like Roquan Smith, uh, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, and Mark Andrews. So there's an incomplete picture painted because I can't imagine the Ravens would treat Lamar worse than they do everyone else and not have anything more than 133 as the total or overall guarantee. I did read something that a couple of guys from NFL.com put out last September where they said the amount for the total guarantee was on par with Russell Wilson's 67.3%. So that would peg the, if it's on par in the same neighborhood, we're talking like 165, 170, 175, 180. I don't know the exact number okay. of what the total guarantee is. So let's say you have money 2023 and 2024 fully guaranteed. And hypothetically, 2025 is guaranteed for injury at signing. Then the skill and cap guarantees would be kicking in like fifth day, third day of the 2024 league year. So it is practically guaranteed because you're not going to cut them before next March, but it's not fully guaranteed at signing. Exactly. So, and, and by the way, and these are the numbers. The, I think we get lost in some of these things sometimes because what the full guarantee number. I let me put it this way: which number is more important to a player when they're doing their contracts? Um, depends on the player and how sophisticated he is and his knowledge of contracts. Because sometimes players look at the average, and for ego purposes, they want to be the highest paid player. Right. Um, more savvy ones will look at it. Well, I want. Great cash flow. I want the most I can get fully guaranteed at signing and then the overall guarantee where they vest early and great cash flow. So it all depends on where the player is and his understanding of how the contract works and what he's focused on. So the flexibility for the the reason, like a, a tangible reason beyond just that the owners don't want you to do it um, for why you don't give a fully guaranteed contract is because you get back end flexibility within the contract. Should something go wrong related to injury or, you know, you're just not good at playing quarterback any longer and the team has the ability to get out of it is all of the flexibility in a deal like this in the fourth year. Um, and the one I'm proposing, yeah, because of, well, yes and no, because the fourth year is unsecured, but at the same time, just like in Dak Prescott's, uh, contract, there's a no franchise, no transition clause. So you're really going to have to, if Lamar's playing well, you're not going to let him play on the fourth year because right. then he's an unrestricted free agent and can walk out the door. So you're redoing it after three years. So, again, but in the, like the insurance case, if something were to go terribly wrong, if, you know, we've seen him miss some games recently, if he's just never the same guy, it, it would be hell for three years and then you'd be able to get out from under it. Yes. 
for year four. And him missing games now for two straight years, there's a new durability concern because when it's just one year, it's like, yeah, maybe it was an outlier freak injury. Won't happen again. Two years in a row, you got to wonder, hmm, is this guy starting to be injury prone? And if so, do I really want to fully guarantee a contract to a guy that has durability concerns? So this year didn't help Lamar in that regard, looking at it from the Ravens' standpoint. Joel Corey is with us, former NFL agent, CBSSports.com. Joel, again, everybody keeps bringing up the the agent factor, and you and I have talked about this a number of times over the years, and my opinion is I I think Lamar will be well-served to have an agent, but it's almost become vitriolic recently based on the comments that D. Smith made um, on Ryan Clark's podcast about wanting to have someone who's willing to kind of be the, the guy that stands up and says, I'm not doing anything but fully guaranteed, and the belief that, that means that's exactly what they're having Lamar Jackson do, and that... Lamar is almost a puppet at this point for the NFLPA, something like that, which I don't, you know, I don't buy into in any way. I don't think that's what D. Smith said, and I think we're taking a a step with all of this. I I guess I bring this up to say, tangibly, is your belief that with an agent, Lamar Jackson would change his opinion about what he wants, or he would just be willing to do whatever the agent says in getting a deal done? Well, you got to remember that the uh, agent works for the client, not the other way around, That's... although in some cases it may seem like that. Um, well, first thing I want to say is that if Lamar had an agent, he probably gets a deal done in 2021, which works off of the Josh Allen deal. There's no fully guaranteed contract, which becomes the sticking point, and he's averaging like $43.5 million per year on a six-year extension. So by not having an agent, not doing a deal in 2021, Lamar made a ton of money. Now, what an agent would do is, and maybe it's been done by other people, explain to him, particularly after Russell Wilson didn't get a fully guaranteed contract, that's the one guy I think Lamar, if he has any frustration with, it should be Russell Wilson. To me, those conditions were set up for a fully guaranteed contract. They gave up the sun, moon, and the stars to acquire him. Then you had the ownership change, and you've got one of the 20 richest men in the world, part of the, this the head part of the ownership group, Rob Walton. If you were ever going to push for a fully guaranteed contract, it was Russell Wilson. Then it's not just an outlier anomaly by Deshaun Watson. So that was the problem. Now, an agent's going to look at what I've done is who's going to help on the fully guaranteed landscape, and you don't see anyone else is going to help you. Then it's like, Lamar, you can keep pushing for the fully guaranteed contract, and I'm happy to do that if that's what you want. But understand that you're not getting any help from anybody else. Based on what happened this year, the Ravens probably aren't going to be more inclined to do it. And if that's the hill you want to die on, we're not getting the deal done. You're going to have to, if you want a fully guaranteed contract and you get the exclusive tag, you have to be willing to play at least on one franchise tag for what, right now projects to 45.2 million. If you're not comfortable doing that, then maybe you should consider something which isn't fully guaranteed. That's the conversation that would have to be had. I don't know if someone's done that with him or not. And then if he comes back, yeah, fully guaranteed contract or nothing, you you do your best job to try to execute that come for game plan to try to get it done for your client. Is there, is there a wild card here where he demand, like I, this is the part Joel that I was confused by a year ago was him showing up when he did not holding out and 
not like the leverage is with the quarterbacks, right? Like that's that's the way it works. The guys that have gotten to, you know, either true free agency or what Deshaun Watson had, like the leverage has been on their side. The open market is crazy. It's the reason why you don't want to put the non-exclusive tag on him. Is is the leverage here for Lamar Jackson to finally say, "Hey, look, if you don't believe that's what I should be getting, fine. Why don't you see what's out there on like is is demanding the trade his leverage to try to force this on a little bit for, further?" Yeah, that's kind of a nuclear option. He has to be willing to go there and see it through. You got to remember that Cousins did play two tags at the open market. I call Watson a quasi-free agent because right. he was never playing for Houston again and had multiple suitors. And the only reason Cleveland, don't forget, Cleveland was eliminated. Yep. It was down to the Saints or the Falcons. And basically it was a great job by David Mulligetta where he extracted a new contract. And part of the uh, appeal for Watson to me was you had him cost-contained on a four-year extension averaging $39 million per year. And now you have an extra year, and you guaranteed the whole thing. It was basically Cleveland pulling out their wallet and yep. throwing money out. Well, let's get it done. Well, let's get it done. And Mulligan, I gotta give him credit. He played that perfectly. I understood it. I it just to me, I feel like the market, like be, getting yourself to the open market, is the way to find. Let Let's put all the cards on the table. Let's find out exactly what my value is if you're so convinced that it shouldn't be fully guaranteed. Let, let me let me just sort of run one last thing by. There will still always be, even with the, the contract that you suggested, if you didn't see it, I'm not going to give all the details away, but we'll link it up, um, the piece that Joel wrote at CBSSports.com. We'll link it up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter as well for you to check it out. Um, so let's, let's, let's put all this on the table. How damaging is it to a franchise that still has to address the wide receiver position somehow, some way? And, and yes, it could be via the NFL draft, but they have struggled mightily there. If the Ravens were to do something like this, does it take them out of the conversations for a DeAndre Hopkins trade, a, you know, a Keenan Allen, something like that in free agency? Uh, makes it more difficult. The, the Ravens are going to restructure contracts regardless, but the cap number in the first year is about $10 million less than the exclusive tag and about $3 million more than a non-exclusive. So you do have some flexibility this year. I'd kick the tires on Mike Thomas because he's going to get released before $31 million of his 2024 salary becomes guaranteed on the fifth day of the upcoming league year. I know he's played 10 games in three yeah. years, but when he was healthy, uh, he was the most productive guy over the first four years of an NFL career before Justin Jefferson obliterated those marks. Well, actually, Jefferson hadn't obliterated fourth-year marks, so, but, but will right. as long as he um, right. stays healthy. Man, I hear you. I don't know if I could do it. I just don't know that I could have. I could stomach it. It's tough. It's tough to make that your your investment when you when you have to address the position. That would almost have to be a luxury for me at this point. Um, yeah, but Thomas should be cheap. Thomas should be cheap that's coming true. off of yeah, not playing. That's true. You do a one year deal for ten million and eleven million, and you load him up from incentives. I hear. And if he's the guy that he was. Then you can stick a tag on him next year if you have Lamar in the contract. That's true. There's no doubt. That's true. I, I oh boy, it's dicey for me. All right, uh, Joel Corey, of course, CBSSports.com uh, podcast to plug. Um, yeah, podcast is called Inside the Cap. Um, the last uh, episode, which is up now, is on players under contract who could be in different uniforms next year, either by being released or by traded. And next couple of days, I'm going to do a franchise tag. Uh, podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate it, Joel. Always at Corey Joel on Twitter is how you follow him. Always appreciate you taking the time for us, sir. Thanks so much for joining us.
Sure, anytime. Thanks for having me. Joe Corey, CBSSports.com, former NFL agent with us here on GCR. I can't shake this part of it. Today's show, just a reminder that gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit, stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. I cannot shake that part of this. If you're convinced that my market value isn't fully guaranteed, then put the non-exclusive tag on me. What are you afraid of? And if you're not willing to do that, then isn't it because you know that my value on the open market is more than what you're willing to pay? And that doesn't that tell you your offer isn't good enough? I think it's one of those things all the owners... The owners know like you're gonna get that stink eye if you pay for Lamar and you give you cough up that kind of money, but there's always when everybody's zigging, there's always one person zagging. There's always one person that doesn't there's, have a quarterback and yeah, is living in gonna, hell yeah. because of it. Like th- these franchises that don't have a quarterbacks are in hell if they yeah. care. Again, they might have owners. And there's just, there's guaranteed to be one owner that's gonna pay them just out of spite of the other owners probably like to me the moment you put the exclusive tag on you've answered the question you know what his value is you just don't want to pay it i I keep seeing this even today um i mean lamar wants to be here or he doesn't this is from native son on twitter responding to something we said this morning you don't hear any of this drama coming from hertz or burrow or herbert any of those guys next in line for big deals the whole vibe is weird they don't have to worry about a tag well, not yet, right? But the 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 but to, assuming, but to the point, whatever they want doesn't have to be the same as what Lamar wants. This thing where you're like, either he wants to be here or not. So again, what are the rules? What are the rules for proving you have to that you just take anything? Well, no, no, you can just take these guys are gonna all go with market value. What do, what do you think market value is? Because if you're not willing to put the non-exclusive tag on him, you're telling me that you think market value is more than what you're willing to offer. Because if you don't, then you would take a lesser cap hit this season. You think his market value could very well be more than what you've been willing to offer. So Lamar Jackson, you're asking to take less than market value. That's what we keep wanting to make this about something other than are the Ravens paying market value? To the point, they don't have to. You, in your heart of hearts, might believe Lamar Jackson isn't worth paying market value for. Okay? I know there are plenty of you that don't feel that way. That's fine. I I disagree, personally. But these are opinions that can't be proven. Until we see how it plays out, obviously. Like, I mean, if, if they don't, the next year they they stink because they have no quarterback, then that'll be a pretty strong argument that it was worth paying Lamar Jackson market value, especially if he goes to Atlanta and lights the world on fire. But these these are opinions for the most part. Reasonable people can disagree about topics. I understand that. But I can't shake this. And I and I tried to kind of pin Joel down on it, and I, I couldn't. I know why it is that you don't want to use... The, the, I, when you say, well, two first-round picks isn't enough for Lamar... Right, but if you've offered market value, then you don't have to worry about it. He's not going to go anywhere. If you know the market for Lamar Jackson is equal to what you've offered, 
if not more, or less, sorry, if you've not offered more, then all good. Which is not me saying put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson because I agree with everybody else. I think there absolutely runs the risk. I, I, I mean, I, I, ironically, there is an argument, right? Like, the argument being, let the, the market set it, right? Like, go ahead, use the non-exclusive tag, let the market set, and then whatever the offer is, just go ahead and match it. Is there risk involved with that? Yeah, the offer could be astronomical. I mean, it could be seven years fully guaranteed. It could be that someone's gone so crazy over this. But that's the reality. That's the market. That The market value is whatever you can get on the free market. I hate having I hate this. I really hate this. I don't want to keep doing this every day. I hate this. I'm with you guys. Trust me. I'm fatigued. It's... It just comes We're down just going to keep like, doing this. Like, it's something that's been discussed over and over again. Like, quarterbacks don't usually get to the tag. And when they do get to the tag, it's the quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones. Are we seriously saying Lamar Jackson is of a, of that caliber? Well, I mean, absolutely I, not. I absolutely believe he's better, he's than, better those than all those quarterbacks. 100%. But I also, like, again, other quarterbacks have been willing to take lesser deals. We're somehow, we're mad at Lamar Jackson because other quarterbacks didn't take full market value. I can't speak to those things. I can't speak to why it matters to Lamar Jackson to get full market value when it didn't matter to, as Joel Corey pointed out, Russell Wilson to get full market value. He also happens to be married to a very famous person, although Sierra is not as wealthy as Giselle Bunchen, but, you know, wealthy. I, I, I don't know. I don't know... Why one cares and one didn't care as much about it. But the argument that because one didn't, then the next one shouldn't, it just doesn't mean anything to me. If I'm, I'm trying to make a comparison. So I have not a, I don't know if a contract, I have a deal for my job at Loyola, for example, right? And I love Loyola. It's wonderful. I, they could be. They, it's a great place to be. I couldn't be happier there. But if, if the University of Delaware made it clear to me, hey, you get to the end of your deal at Loyola, we're gonna give you, I mean, just everything you could possibly want to come here to Delaware. I, I mean, I love Loyola. I'm gonna turn around and say I would rather be here. This is what I'm dealing with. Do you, do you want to do that? And I would like to think that my bosses at Loyola would say, hey, man, we understand. Like, we get it. And they would probably, at that point, well, be willing to let me move on to Delaware. But does that make me a bad person? Like, is there anything inherently wrong with me? I, I, the Ravens might just say, we're not going to do this. But there's going to be no vitriol from me towards Lamar Jackson if that's the case. I don't know that it'll be vitriol for me towards the Ravens. I will think it a mistake. I'm not trying to compare myself in this scenario to Lamar. It's probably a bad correlation because I'm making it seem like I'm the Lamar Jackson of doing play-by-play. I am not. To be abundantly clear, I am imminently replaceable. Don't sell yourself too short. I mean, I'm I'm talented, but trust me, they can. They'll just slide over my buddy Christian Taylor and 
It'll be like I never existed. <laughs> They'll be just fine. It's it's not. It doesn't work as a parallel in any way. Well, it does not work. Some some like that happened in NBA free agency last season was uh, the Jalen Brunson situation where he had a good ex- yeah, experience uh, yeah, and situation in Dallas, yeah. but. New York just wanted them more. Well, but I mean, they right, and like, okay, but the free agency happens more frequently in basketball than it does in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Like everybody wants to become a free agent in basketball, and for whatever reason in football, nobody's wanted to become a free agent, despite the fact that it's been proven that if you can get to the open market, you are going to do better than if you don't. It's weird that nobody ever wants to get to the open market. The risk of the, I do know the risk of injury is what makes the difference, right? There's always that hanging over you that. If you're Lamar Jackson and you play on the franchise tag this year and something, yeah, then look, I, I know everybody says, well, Dak Prescott proved you can get paid anyway. Well, as long as it's not an injury that you can't recover. Like if you have the Robert Griffin the third thing happen to you, you could be really screwed. If you have the Alex Smith thing happen to you, you could be really screwed in the process. I guess it's just if you're a Washington quarterback. I guess it's like as long as you're not a Washington quarterback, you're going to be okay. Um I understand why team why players have been reluctant to get the free agency, but the proof is that the teams, the players that get the quarterbacks that get as close to the open market as possible are getting anything that they want. So if Joe Burrow doesn't want that, if Joe Burrow just says, ah, I don't really care about that, God bless him. Sure. Am I would I be jealous? Yeah, I'd be jealous that that's not what he was. But Lamar has every right to say, I want to get every penny I possibly can. And I'm not doing anything just because you want me to. I, 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 I don't know. It, it's on the. It's, it's to me. It's on the Ravens. The Ravens, if they put that exclusive tag on, it's because they know his market value is more than what they've offered. More than what they're willing to pay. That's the answer. Plain and simple. Come back in. Well, I, I want to get more into some of the baseball conversation that we had yesterday. I want to talk more about the pit. I, there was a tweet that was going around. I don't know if you guys saw it. That was an overlay of one pitch from baseball in a previous year versus an entire half inning from a spring training game this year. And there's no way for me to share that. Cl- I, if you guys can go find it, maybe Griffin, if you can sure. search for yeah. it and retweet. I think Pitching Ninja put it up. Um yeah. It's dramatic, right? It's it's over dramatic. It's not not every pitch took as long as this one did. But it's interesting in how drastically different baseball might be moving forward with the pitch clock. I want to talk about that when we come back in. Pressboxonline.com slash offer. Speaking of baseball, baseball betting is here. Bet five dollars with DraftKings, get two hundred dollars in instant bonus bets along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up at pressboxonline.com slash offers. Baseball futures bets, season specials, and player award bets are already live in Maryland. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers now for your shot at winning big. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to birdlandsports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. 
Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets start at over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Uh, Prince Charles has just discovered something. You said you're going to the Defenders game this weekend? Indeed. When is it? Sunday. Sunday? Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, it looks like a great atmosphere. I, so I actually <laughs> have a lot of friends that are involved because I used to work in D.C. and at 106.7 down in D.C. And so they have created something. By the way, the the XFL is already like well on its way to not being able to make it through the season. The the ratings were not even good week one. Like normally in past years, these leagues have had good week week one ratings. Like people are, hey football, yeah, right. And then after week one, they tank. Well, they tanked in week one. Like they're it's a disaster. Did you see where they're having the Las Vegas team play? It is an old minor league baseball stadium. Like there is no. Like half of the field, there's no seats anywhere near it. They're forcing it in. It looks the word that was being used most on Twitter, cozy, was the best way to describe it. They spray paint. It's the desert. They spray paint the field 
to make it look like it's grass. There's there's no grass. Like it's a disaster. It's an unmitigated disaster where they're trying to play. I don't know why they couldn't have just played at the old UNLV stadium that's still sitting there not being used because UNLV moved to um, the NFL stadium now in Vegas, but it is a mess, that situation. And again, three of the teams are in Texas, so there's just not... It, the XFL, again, will never be for me, but bless them, they're trying. There's this weird phenomenon in D.C. where because people hate the state of the commanders so much... They have almost become like ardent DC Defenders fans as an FU to Dan Snyder and the Commanders. Like, we, we don't have football here. So you bringing us football, we're going to choose to embrace it as if to say, go F yourself to the, foot, the Commanders. It's a wild... Like, when I say that, there's a limit to it. It's not like they could sell 30,000 tickets a game or something like that. But there is an atmosphere for the DC Defenders... Because the joke is, you got to go to the markets where they don't have the NFL, and DC is one of those markets. <laughs> so it's it's semi working, but it's about the only place where it's semi working. So get your defenders' NFL. future bets in. I don't right know if that now. means they're going to be good. I don't know. They got that the that home means... field advantage. They got the best home field okay. advantage. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, once the end of year like statistics come together, that their revenue is higher than yeah, I mean, a lot I, of the XFL teams yeah, combined. Yeah, I, I don't know enough like, to know about like the costs in different places. But yeah, like, but it, they're definitely selling merchandise. There's definitely way more interest DC, in yeah. D.C. in that than there is in any like other market about the XFL because, again, they hate the team like that they Vegas. have in D.C. <laughs> All right, um, a couple of things here really quickly. One, I oh, you know what? I wanted to give you guys. So there were two sports questions. We played trivia last night. There were two sports questions. The first... I got, but I was still mad about the scenario. So the first one was Tom Brady has the greatest distance between his first and last Super Bowl MVPs. Who has the second longest distance between first? In terms of years. Number of years between first and last Super Bowl MVP. Did he win MVP in 2020, I guess? The Super Bowl MVP? Tom Brady? Yeah. Uh, I believe so, yes. Okay. So it would be the second? Yes. I'm not really sure how that's germane to the. Yeah, Yeah, no. Mm. I believe they told us the second. No, I can I can give you the second one was eight. The, at eight years, this person had the second longest stint between first and last Super Bowl MVP. Joe Montana. Hmm. Hmm. John Elway. That was my other. That was my John Elway. We're back to back. Back to back for John well, Elway. Darn. The answer is of oh. course Joe Montana, okay, which good. like you get to when you start sort of. Going through all the other options, right? You'd be like, John Elway, no, no, he was back-to-back. Eli Manning was four years apart. Peyton Manning didn't win MVP. My other like, only guess was Brett Favre, but I think he only won he one. Only won right? one Super it will Bowl. be Joe Flacco after this year. Right, that's a great point. Yes. When he so, plays for... Um, you know, whoever wants to right, win the Super okay, Bowl this year, I guess. So, I, like, we do that, right? And I'm, I'm doing the process elimination, and I'm like, it's got to be Joe Montana. But we also you have to wager on your guess how many points you want like between one and five and you can only use one like you can use one once two once so three. So Brady, Brady was what seventeen years? Or? Brady I believe was eighteen years of America. Oh, it was insane. It was bonkers. Um, so we're we're in the middle of ants and I'm like doing all of this. I'm going through my head like it can't be this guy. It can't be this guy. It's it's got to be Joe Montana. Like it's the only option for it to be Joe Montana. So I write down Joe Montana and I'm ready to circle five as our guess. And then I hear this. Uh, attention team. Steven Sammy, if you're going to use a common last name, you need to give me the first name. And I'm like, oh, somebody guessed Manning. Mm. So she was saying, you got to say whether it's Peyton. But I'm like, but Peyton, Peyton. Why would that be? Why would that matter? It's wrong. Like if it's 
if it's wrong, why would she care about yeah, whether Yeah, don't not... get into the stipulations. Yeah, just tell right? them you're wrong. <laughs> just say you're wrong. It's not Manning. So now all of a sudden, I'm in my head, right? Oh, like, it has to be a man. All of a sudden, and I'm doing the math all over again. Like the guys that, because I'm the sports guy on the team, right? So the other guys on the team are like, Glenn, are you sure Peyton Manning didn't win MVP? I'm like, Peyton Manning, when he won that second Super Bowl, was, was garbage. Yeah. He was atrocious. He was the worst quarterback to have won a Super Bowl. He, he was worse than Trent Dilfer. Like, he was awful that final season. So much in your Terrible. head, you're just thinking, ah, oh, could it have like, been Cooper? Like, uh. I'm, Yeah, and I, don't, and I don't think he played in the NFL. I think that we're good. And Archie Manning never won a Super Bowl. And I'm like, I know Eli Manning because I was there for the 07 because I was living in Phoenix at the time. So I was there for that one. And then I'm like doing the math on, so when was the second? Was it, am I wrong about this? Was the second one? Yeah. No, but I remembered it was the year that the Ravens lost to the, the, the Patriots in the AFC Championship game because the Patriots were the team that the Giants turned around and beat in the Super Bowl, right? Like because Giselle was like, "What's Tommy supposed to do? Throw and catch the football?" Like I remember that well. So I'm doing the math. When was that AFC Championship game? The year they before they won the Super Bowl. So the 11 season, 07, 11. No, that does not work. Four years, not possible. But I'm in my head. So I was like, maybe we only go for four on this one. Maybe we don't go for five on this one, just because I'm in my head. And of course, the answer was Joe Montana. Right. And I'm still mad. Whatever your name is, the woman who's in charge it's, of trivia. Oh, okay. I'm not happy about this. You're mad at Team Sammy and Stevie. No, I'm mad at them too because they screwed this whole thing up. It's nonsense. If they're just wrong, like we guessed there was a picture, like it was a, they do a round where it's like they put pictures up on the board and they're like, name who this person is. And last night one was a round about politicians. And like I got Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. I got uh, Stacey Abrams. But like, wh- like three, we're just nondescript looking. Like I'm like just people on the floor. Yeah, people on the Capitol floor. I'm just like I'm like guess Johnson. You know what I mean? Like just putting out because it's Jeopardy Newt rules. Gingrich. Jeopardy rules are you only have to put down the the last name. You don't have to put down okay. the first name. And so I was like just guess Johnson. Who knows? It could be somebody named Johnson. She didn't call us back up and say who Johnson. She just said you're wrong. <laughs> like we know you're wrong. It was former presidential candidate Alan Keyes. As if I'm supposed to remember what Alan Keyes looks like. Like Most people do. No. You're wrong. Here's <laughs> the way to say it. So thanks for nothing. Now, second sports question yeah. from last night. Who won this year's Daytona 500? Oh, yeah. I know oh. that. Yeah. Easy. I remember. You know? Yeah. yeah. I do know. Now you guys, I, I wish you guys it. had yeah. been around last night. It was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yeah. I wish you guys had been around last <laughs> and night. And Bush won uh, uh, San Bernardino. This My God, week. you are all in. Yep. Well, <laughs> Prince Charles is all in yeah. on NASCAR at this point. He's going to be at Dover this summer. <laughs> no, like I said, I, Zach put some on, and I just I watch it. Last night at 1 a.m., it was Australian horse racing. Sure, why not? Nice. He was why screaming not? at the TV at 1 a.m. betting on it. So like, all right, wait, no, wait. He's not. All right, we probably. I was gonna say we probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no. We no. should be careful about <laughs> what we're saying over there. Um, I swear to God, when you're the sports guy on the team, and that comes up, and everybody like stares at you, and you're just like, ah, so who'd you guess? Ah. Okay, so here's what happened. I'm like, I know the scenario. There was a caution. There was. I'm like, I, I remember that. I remember it was somebody who hadn't won in years. I'm like doing the math in my head. I'm like, Earnhardt. <laughs> Well, that's the funny thing. And I even came up with Junior. But then I wrote down Martin Truex Junior. I even came up with that part of it. Are they it. all like, juniors? Are all the drivers juniors? I don't think they're all juniors. No, I don't think it's Joey Logano Junior. Yeah. I don't think it's it's any of those are juniors. Um, 
but yeah, it was when you're the sports guy on the team and you let everybody down on a sports quest. Thankfully, we won trivia last night anyway because we got lucky and guessed the final answer correct. Um, but it was a it was a bad show when you're you're there to be the sports guy and you're like, ah. they're like, it happened last week. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it's NASCAR. I, nobody cares. <laughs> They to- Daytona the Sunday after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, that was a that was a bad scene last night. All right, so talking baseball shares out this clip, and admittedly, it's it's over the top. It's very over the top. Um, I know that Ben Verlander had shared out a similar clip about Pedro Baez specifically. So Pedro Baez apparently is notorious for taking a very long time when it comes to pitching. Um, I guess Pitching Ninja also shared out this clip. Yes, not, yeah. not I just think, I think Pitching Ninja, actually, it looks like they... It's, it started with, yeah, with it started him? With okay, my apologies. Rob Friedman. Rob Friedman, yes. On the left, a half inning of baseball from a spring training game this year. Now, again, two things to file away. One, spring training game. So guys aren't up there working counts. Two, it happened to be a particularly quick inning. I think there was... Like two of the batters were first pitch contact, right? Like, or I mean, first one was the first one definitely was. Just watching it now. It's a one minute and fifty one second long video, and there might have been, and it was of an entire half inning in a spring training game, and there might have been five pitches in the entire span, right? So it was a very fast moving spring training half inning. On the other side, the overlay of the video is a half inning, I believe, from a playoff game, correct? The 2016 NLCS, game one. Of Pedro Baez, and in the same minute and 51 seconds, he delivers one pitch. Now, part of that is he's checking on a runner. Part of it is, and another part of it is, it's a playoff game. It's far more intense. There's far more at stake in the moment. Yeah. So the video is a little unfair, right? Like, the video is... The con- there is context missing from this video. It's a suggestion that every half inning or every pitch took a minute and 51 seconds to be delivered is not true. The suggestion on the flip side that every half inning of baseball this year will be as quick as this half inning was in the spring training game is similarly untrue. But it does start to give context in comparison to the game times that we saw for the first two the first two spring training games of the year were both two and a half hours long on Friday. Jeff Passan tweeted that out. I haven't continued to check on game times. But the first two spring training games of the year were both two and a half hours long. Remember, they're also spring training games. Like, I, I can't say this enough. There are things that you're just not going to care about in a spring training game. You're not going to go out and have mound visits and... Check on the runner a bunch. Yeah, like That's just not going to happen in a spring training game. But are we seeing enough? I'll share a text I got from a friend of mine last night that's a sports fan but not a baseball, a football fan. said, can we talk about the pitch clock? I love it. In fact, I think 20 seconds is too long. I'd prefer it be 10 seconds. (laughs) said, this could get me excited about baseball. Which is, I guess, what they want. This is, that's exactly what Major League Baseball is trying to accomplish with this. Right. Yeah. To the point that are you going to create new fans? Again, I was talking about this with Steve Johnson on 105.7 the other day. Like, is someone that doesn't like baseball suddenly going to say, like, now that there's a pitch clock, I love it? Well, okay, I think my buddy is is I think he's being it's a bit of a stretch, right? Like, I don't think he's suddenly going to find himself sitting down and watching 
baseball games. I think this is more like if, for whatever reason, I sit down and watch a baseball game, I'm going to be more inclined to enjoy it than I would be otherwise. But are we getting enough evidence that this will significantly change the way that we have watched baseball over the course of our lives? That's really what I'm... Like, I think that most of these things... I assume, like, we get to the season, it's just going to be baseball at some point, right? Like, the larger bases, maybe there's a couple more stolen bases, maybe there's some of that, but I don't think it's going to dramatically change the sport. I have tried to think about what has dramatically changed the sport, and for sure, the shift dramatically changed the sport. I don't think anybody would argue with that. The, The steroid era certainly dramatically changed the sport, right? Just because the numbers were cartoonish. Like you were, you were watching guys hit seventy home runs regularly. Like, not regularly, but sixty home runs regularly. The, the numbers were cartoonish. The steroid era changed the sport. But has anything else really dramatically changed the sport in your life as a baseball fan? I don't. I don't. I guess maybe I would argue like the specialty reliever era has. Re- yeah. When I was a kid, the designated hitter. I mean, but that was that wasn't in your life as a baseball fan. When did it? When did it come around? Oh, before, way before that. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I guess I mean now it's across both leagues. Um. Yeah, but that hasn't but dramatically changed anything. It's better. I think it's better. I agree. I'm yeah. in favor of it, but it hasn't dramatically changed baseball. Um, interleague play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, there is an argument for interleague play. Like, we can laugh about that and say, like, we're just so used to it at this point, but I'm telling you, when interleague play first started, it was a big deal. It dramatically, you were looking at the schedule every year. Oh, we're playing the Diamondbacks? And saying, Sammy Sosa's coming to Baltimore this year. Barry Bonds is going to be, even when the Orioles stunk mm-hmm. in the dark ages, there were reasons why you were like, we're going to go pack the ballpark that weekend. Like, when, when those guys, now it also coincided with the steroid era, and... There being those types of players. And it also was pre-MLB like MLB Network. There weren't as many games available to you. There weren't... There wasn't... Uh, Ready available coverage like it. Then, I mean, frankly, the Nationals weren't on Masson. Like, there was an excitement about seeing more National League stars at that point. Now, my God. Like, if you really want to watch... I'm trying to think of who the, the dominant National League... St- Mookie Betts. If you really want to watch Mookie Betts... Padres, yeah. Yeah, Manny Machado, you can do it. There's their games are on national TV enough, and there's the you know TV. if you're it, yes if you're desperately in love with baseball and you have the extra innings package with Directv, whatever it is, right? Like if you care that much about baseball, you have no problem watching those. But when they implemented interleague play, I beyond any shadow of that. By the way, last year was the first time the Orioles had gone to St. Louis in like almost two decades. Yeah. And a lot of Orioles fans traveled to St. Louis to go see baseball games because it had been that long. In, interleague play absolutely was a dramatic change for baseball in our lifetime, in my lifetime. I don't know what else I would qualify as being a dramatic change. And obviously the, the steroid era wasn't a rule change. It was just looking the other way, right? Like we're, we're going to we, – we don't want to deal with this. I'm not sure yet that there's going to dramatically change the way that I watch baseball. But I do think that it's going to be... I'm more convinced it's going to be noticeable. I'm more convinced that you're going to go to the ballpark and you're going to say, this game's moving along a little bit quicker than I... And and it's not going to be tangible even. It's just going to be noticeable for you. Like, this is crisper than I remember going to a baseball game being. That's my gut so far. 
Dynamite Tippins. Thank you very much. John Proctor. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I think it's going to be. <laughs> looking at I blank, empty. Fi- okay, wow. For ones that go to a game and like are sitting in the seat, in my perspective, where it's like you're going for the event combined with the game, it's going to feel more like an event than just the game and the sitting and watching and the dead time. Because like you have the things that go on in between the innings, and I now feel like those things are going to get more time, and you're going to see it more frequently when you do go to the game because the innings themselves are going by quicker. That's the way that I feel. That's the way yeah. that I feel. And, and it'll be in like, yeah, maybe in five, ten years, we're looking back, we're like, when was the last time there was a big, you know, monumental rule change? Because this is just right. going to feel so normal if, like, we, when we get really used to the pitch clock. John Proctor, I don't think you generate new fans directly that way, but if you can capture the attention of casual fans who don't go or watch often because it's too slow, you make small increases now that develop over time. Like, maybe that person who goes to one game a year as a big outing maybe wants to make it one or two more as a date night just because they or just because they're free. I don't think you can expect a bump in season ticket sales right away from a pitch clock or the extra inning base runners. And, I, again, I, I definitely agree with that. It's not going to suddenly change. I, I, I don't think that the pitch clock is going to make baseball wildly more popular or is going to make baseball America's national pastime again or something like that. It'll make it more digestible for... I, I'm I'm really guess, only impact yeah. like people that are inclined to watch baseball anyway. Like, I'm going to watch baseball no matter what. I'm more and more sold on the idea that I'm going to notice, that I'm going to notice based on the pitch clock how the games are moving and they're changing. And you might be right. It might not be that I think of it as a dramatic change years from now, but I don't know. The more I see it, the more I... Of course, we're not allowed to watch the games here in Baltimore. But exactly, that's, that's the that's is, the real takeaway. Such from is, this, is yeah, that right. you know, the, if the Every, Orioles had a fast half inning, right? Every, it would never be compared. Everybody else gets to see how fast these games are going. We are, uh, we can only imagine. We can guess what it must <laughs> Whoa, be like. Whoa, two and a half hours. Yeah, right. It sounds like fun. Uh, from Dave, Dave says, Glenn, I'm not sure that I'm going to buy that it's going to be dramatic, but I do think, yeah, that's sort of where I am, Dave. I do think that we're going to notice, and I do think that we are going to largely approve of it. They do have to work out the issues that you talked about yesterday. Yeah, I, I still think that it's a mistake to, like, the first violation, have it be charged a ball or a strike. I think they have to address that at some point. I, I don't think they want that. And I, and I think they know they don't want that, but I'm not sure if they can fix it in time for the start of the season. Is there any chance that they, I don't know, for the regular season or even, yeah, I guess the regular season, they they get they do away with the pitch clock in the eighth or ninth inning? Yeah, I don't think, I don't I don't think you can do that either. Like I think you, it has a rule has to be a rule. I just think that you the way that you make it punitive has to be more like a warning, a couple of warnings, something like that per player, and it and it collects over time. I don't think it's the first time. Do they maybe take it away on like a full count? No, I don't. I don't. Again, that I think the rule has to too much. Like, in order for the pitch clock to matter, I think it has to be a pitch clock. But I, I think the point that's been made, or that was made by Steve Johnson, we talked to him on the the radio show the other day, was it's like technical fouls in basketball, and it, like you you stockpile them. Okay, this is your first technical. pitch clock violation. You're you're we're giving okay. you that. We're letting you know that's one right. And you have a running certain count. amount over a season. Then and if you and if by the way, you, and if you were up in the ninth inning of a tie game with the bases loaded, and you're carrying three pitch clock violations on you, and the fourth one is the one that triggers the penalty, then everybody's got to be aware of that. The manager's got to be aware of that, and got to think about whether or not they want to have you in that moment pitching in that spot. You've got to be aware of it. Um, 
understand you better fire the pitch because you're sitting on three pitch clock violations. Like all that has to be, maybe you go ahead and commit a fourth just to get the reset in a non-threatening situation, right? Like you, you start an inning sitting on three pitch clock violations and you just say, I'm going to go ahead and commit a pitch clock violation to reset my list now because there's nobody on base, right? Like it becomes kind of part of strategy. I just don't think you want it. You don't want this. You don't want a dramatic moment to involve a pitch clock violation. You want to do everything in your power to prevent that from happening while yet still making sure the pitch clock is a rule. And that, to me, is I still think what you have to work on, and I think that was what um, Steve Johnson was trying to say the other day. And then from Craig. Craig says, I hate it. I I hate... I don't love it. I hate change altogether, admittedly, but this one feels completely manufactured, and it almost feels almost feels like it's not the game i mean I, it's still baseball it's not, craig what do you say it's still baseball like they're not like what, i don't understand what that means it's not the game i mean like yeah it's different for sure one more from alan he said the biggest impact will be the attendance by families uh, with children under 10 uh shorter games fit the attention span so of children that to me is interesting i think you need I, I don't think that starts immediately i think you need more stockpiled evidence of it i think like family parents need to see it for a little while we need to see time of game into the regular season. And if they're all at about two and a half hours, it's still going to be difficult to take kids. Like the Orioles are doing the 640 thing this year where they're going to start. I don't remember exactly how long. Are they doing it all season or are they just doing it for? So the Orioles are addressing this with game times this year. I got to remember exactly how this works. The Orioles are doing some. And I've, I have suggested doing earlier start times uh, for a while because I said when I was in Phoenix, the Diamondbacks started games at 6. So they're doing 6.35 in starting in April um, on weeknight games or at 6.35. Now I'm trying to see if they go all season long. No, when, when school lets out, they shift back to 7. Gotcha. Now I my guess. suggestion would be... So what? Do it all year long. Like my suggestion would be keep them at 6.35. But there is something to be said for it's hot in the summer and let the sun try to let the sun go down as much as you possibly can for the game. And it's not as big of a deal when the, school, the kids are out of school as it is when the kids are in school. It's still going to be tough for me, the parent of an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, to say that I could take my kids to a night game during the school year because even if it starts at 6.30 and even if the game's a little bit quicker, I don't want to get home at 10 o'clock when they got to go to school the next day. So like, it's still going to be a tough sell. But for older kids, maybe. And if you acknowledge that, hey, if we get out of there at 8.30, we've seen more of the game than we would have seen previously. We don't feel like we're getting robbed of our money just because we have to leave you know, before the game is over. We think we can get six innings in before the game ends. Yeah, I think Allen might be on to something. I do think there might be a tangible benefit to that down the road about how the pitch clock and the time of game ends up impacting overall fan experience. All right, when we come back in, we will uh, wind down. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get two billion to wrap up the day. And today's show is brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department, where they are hiring. Cadet salary started over $32,000 a year. Entry-level officers over $60,000 a year. Lateral officers over $64,000 a year with $10,000 signing bonuses available for entry-level and lateral officers. We use that phrase, be the change that you want to see. The Baltimore, Baltimore County Police Department is embracing it. They 
if you have a passion for service and you want a career for life, the Baltimore County Police Department is the place to be. Just give them a call, 410-887-5542, or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. As you know, I passed the agility test. If I can do that, you can too, I promise. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com again or 410-887-5542. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Yes. What is the problem? But there are risks involved. Let's try that one more time. Let's restart that. Let's, let's, yep, let's, it's Glenn Clark Radio. Yes. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bataround with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um... 
What's wrong with you? It is a very fair question. I can't deny that. All right, winding down for a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Baseball betting is here. Bet as little as $20 with Caesars and get a $100 instant bonus bet credit along with other great incentives and promos when you sign up at pressboxonline.com offers. Baseball futures bets or season specials and player reward bets are already live in Maryland. Go to pressboxonline.com offers now for your shot at winning big. Let's get a tidbit as we wind down for a Tuesday edition of the program. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, so uh, Paulo Bancaro had a uh, 20-point game Boo! last night. Ooh, he went to do it. Was, I don't what he went was to it 29 specifically his, or 20 points? It was, it, was, it was the fact that he scored 20 points okay. is, is the tidbit here. Okay. Um, and so that was his 30th 20-point game of the, of the season, which is the most by a Magic rookie since Shaquille O'Neal. And, uh, you know, so my tip is going to be about the most 20-point games as a rookie. history of Orlando Magic rookies? I don't yeah. think I'm going to do well. Of all time, uh, which there's the a lot of what? old oh, there's a lot of old guys, so I was going to... Say that again? Uh, most 20-point games as a rookie. As a rookie. Um, ever? ever? I was going to do whatever, but there's a lot of old guys on the list. Um, you, should, you, should get, you should get number one and number two. Um, I mean, you should get all of them, but I, I wanted to make it more relevant, make it more uh, recent. So I was going to go since 1997. I'm not trying Rookies. to distract. How many, how many are on the list? Uh, let's do the top 10. They all had 41 games uh, of 20 or more points as a rookie. Kobe not Bryant. trying to distract. The only reason I saw 29 was because I saw somewhere that he had 29 the other night, and it was the first time this season that the whole league had under 30 points. Like one player had 30 Oh, points. really? Like no yeah. one scored over 30? He was the leading scorer of the whole league huh. that night, and it was huh. the only That's time this season. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, no, I cut points. it off. Yes, I cut it off before Kobe's rookie. Oh, you said ninety-seven. Yes, right, ninety-seven. Um, LeBron. Uh, LeBron is just outside the top ten. Only forty. His rookie. Only Vince forty Carter. games of twenty points. Uh, not Vince Carter. Uh, Raptors were bad. All right, Kevin Durant. Yes, Kevin Durant. Two thousand seven and two thousand eight with the SuperSonics. How about forty-four games? I'm trying to think of rookie of the year winners. Like that's where I'm trying to go with this. Um, John Wall, not John Wall. No, uh, Anthony Davis, Luca, uh, Luca. Yes, in 2018, 43 such games for Luca Doncic. Uh, and then who? Anthony Davis. Oh, Anthony Davis. Uh, not Anthony Davis. I can't, this is a fun. I can't even remember. Scotty Barnes was rookie of the year last year, right? Was he? I yeah, I think, I think so. Uh, it was in, Scotty Barnes is not on the list. All right, <laughs> it's where my mind goes blank. <laughs> I couldn't tell you who else won Rookie of the Year before that. Um, Chris Paul, uh, not Chris Paul. All right, I'm just gonna go with good players. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is player. on the list. 41 games of 20 or more points as a rookie in 2012. Paul George. He had to. Not Paul George. Wow. He did not have to. <laughs> I mean, but like he was like running the league when he was so young. <laughs> What's weird about he that? He gave is that LeBron like a run for his he, money. He didn't for like have to. Two years. Well, so I'm trying to figure out Lance why, Stevenson. I'm trying to figure out why you started in '97, and I'm figuring that it's got to be either Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett, not Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan in 1997. Was that, was that the first his, one? I guess so. Uh, there was actually another guy from 
So it was the 96-97 season. So he won the 97 Rookie of the Year. Um, so Tim Duncan is number two. He had 50 games. Of I was just looking points. at his jersey in my closet today. Allen Iverson. Yes, Allen yeah, Iverson. Nice call. It, it was, is Allen Iverson. Georgetown jersey. Nice call. Uh, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is third. Uh, 49 games. AI was uh, fourth. Dwayne Wade? Not Dwayne Wade. Okay. Uh, Trey Young. So we have, what, three more? Uh, uh, not not yeah. Trey Young. Trey Young yeah. just outside. He didn't make the list. Yeah. Kyrie Over. Irving. Kyrie not on the list. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, yes. Okay, good call. Three more. So now three more. Donovan Mitchell is fifth on this list. How about, I got a wild card. I, somebody I know was Rookie of the Year, Stevie Franchise. Steve that is Francis. a good guess, but he is just outside. He yeah. has 30 games of 20 points. He's tied with Bankero. Gross. Mm. Steph? Dar- Not Steph. Darren Williams. Not Darren Williams. All right, so we have a – in 2000 – Rookie, oh. or I, I don't know if it was rookie year, but uh, with the Bulls. With the Bulls. With the Bulls. Derek, no, Derek Rose wasn't with the. That was in two thousand. No way, uh, Jay no, Williams. No. Not Derek oh, yeah, Rose. Jay Williams. Yeah, Derek, Derek Rose, Rose had thirty-two. Was, he was, but he was way after that. Yeah, yes, he was way after two thousand. Two thousands. Jay Williams. It, he was. I think. He, I think he won six. I'm of guessing the year. it's not, but he hasn't yeah. said yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. not Jay Williams. Sorry. My God, what a weird. Bi- <laughs> Sorry, not Jay. How Williams. many times are you going to say Jay Williams and Griffin just sort of sits there like? I you guys got any guesses? Ron Artest? <laughs> not Ron Artest. Rookie season with the Bulls in 2000. I don't know. Big six ben man. Gordon? Big six. Big sixth man. Yeah. Big sixth with the uh, let's see, I guess with the Clippers, he spent most of his career, but he started with the Bulls. Oh. Did Elton Brand. Yeah, Elton Brand. I, I wasn't sure Elton if he Brand. played with the Bulls or not. It is Elton Brand, okay. who had 41, and then also had 41 in the 2009-2010 season, the 2010. Let me see if he was rookie Someone of the year. Someone else had. <laughs> you made it seem like Elton Brand year. also had. He was rookie this of the year. Well, four, he had 41 games of 20 we got to work points. on this. Uh, the rookie of the year in 2009-2000, I don't, I don't know. How would I remember who was rookie was of the a, year? He was a king. He was a king? We were a king and queen of promise. In two that, who could remember anything about the two thousand nine? <laughs> Kevin Martin, not Kevin Martin. Is he a king? I don't remember. He was a king. He's a king. Yeah, I guess he didn't really do too much else. I thought. Uh, I, I, for some Demarcus Cousins. No, it's, yeah, it's too early. Ty- you want me to tell you? Yeah, probably. Tyreek Evans. Oh, oh well, yeah. he got busted for something, didn't he? he got like kicked oh, out of the league. Isn't that what happened? That was a little bit after. It was after yeah. that. And then he I had that, that he, he got we, he got brought back with the Pacers okay. recently. So number yeah. one on this list was a Clippers rookie in 2010, 2011. Oh. Blake. Yeah. Oh, good. Good yes. call, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. 55 Griffin. games. Call. All right. Uh, and then Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul Jabbar both had 73 games no, with 20 or more no. points their rookie years. That. All right, very good. That is tidbit. <laughs> Which we're doing about the NBA, despite the fact we don't talk about it's the NBA. It's funny, the well, NBA it's the only tidbits. Thing, it's the only thing uh, <laughs> that's happening. I've it's noticed not. the NBA tidbits, you always get the just the most random players and characters out of them. It's Football the seems consistent, which yeah. you're like, good players. Yeah, I guess. Players. I don't know. This was pretty much a list of, I mean, like Durant, Doncic, Lillard. Tyre we Kevin were never Iverson getting to Tyreek. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just the bottom. Like, it, it, I guess we probably could have gotten Blake Griffin. But, like, you know, seven out of ten, eight out of ten were pretty you know, significant stars, and then there's Tyreek Evans and Elton Brand. Like they're the only two random ones. Stars. On All right. Um, Elton Brand made two All Star games. 
He went to Duke. F him. Uh, <laughs> that's the rule. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit. Stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Totally Tubular, brought to you by Birdland Sports. You want to show everybody your new T-shirt, uh, Charles, that you got from Birdland oh, Sports? Yes, Charles is going to be rocking the Orioles 2023 World Series Champions T-shirt. Oh, you nice. Open it, show it off. Yeah, look at that. Look at that sharp-looking shirt. Little uh, prognostication. Yeah, speak it into existence situation, man. Is it on the screen? Can people actually yes, see yes, it? Yes, yes. Uh, lower it just a little. Yeah, this is this is where we got to remember to do to the producer. Boom. We're trying to manifest some things around here. 2023 World Series champion T-shirt. It's available right now at BirdlandSports.com, along with other great player T-shirts, fun theme shirts for OSP fans. If you're a fan of the birds, this is the spot for you. It started by a Birds fan in Josh Soroka, and the idea was looked around at the team store, and they wanted a lot of money, and they just didn't have anything that was a lot of fun. Like They were looking for fun shirts, and so BirdlandSports.com is providing that. There's a cool Nick Vespi shirt that's like Vespi on a Vespa, and Nick Vespi was apparently rocking it this weekend down at the spring training. That was really cool. Um, there's the Hillbilly Hayes shirt. There's the, the Mountain shirt for Felix. This is the... Uh, Gunnar Henderson with his hair flying everywhere shirt that's available right now. You can get them all, birdlandsports.com, right now. Get your order in. You're a fan. Get some fun gear. It'll be there in plenty of time for opening day. You don't have any worry about that. And it's high-quality stuff. It's not going to fall apart, and the prices are better than the big guys. Birdlandsports.com, again. Get your shirts today. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. As Patrick Stevens mentioned earlier, Loyola opens Patriot League tournament play. They host Holy Cross at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Also tonight, uh, UMBC wraps up the regular season there at Binghamton at 7 o'clock, also on ESPN+. Maryland baseball, boy, it was starting so promising for them this weekend. They were playing at Ole Miss, the defending national champions. They won the first game. They were up in the second game, and then they blew a lead, and then they got romped in game three. So that was tough. I mean, Ole Miss is really good. They actually, for some random reason, play Ole Miss again this weekend at a tournament in Minnesota. So they're going to play four games against the defending national champions. Good uh, and, you know, good, good practice. I good mean, it's definitely test. a good test. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Tonight, or this afternoon, they host Delaware at 4 o'clock on Big Ten Network+. Plus. Uh, if you have an MLB TV subscription, you can get, I think it's video or at least radio today for Orioles Pirates at 1 o'clock, but you got to have a subscription. Uh, Kyle Bradish and Luis Ortiz uh, pitching in that one. Uh, Big Ten Hoops tonight, Iowa, Indiana at 7 on ESPN2, Big Ten Network, Michigan State, and Nebraska at 9. Of course, every uh, Big Ten game relevant at this point because everybody's tied, and they have to figure out how they're going to sort it all out for the Big Ten tournament. Uh, baseball ESPN for Astros Mets at 1, Reds Dodgers at 3 on MLB Network, Red Sox Marlins at 6.30, uh, NBC Sports Washington Wizards Hawks 7.30, TNT Lakers Grizzlies at 7.30, T-Wolves Clippers at 10, ESPN Plus and Hulu for Blue Jackets Sabres at 7.30, USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, well, since Prince Charles is here, uh, Prince Harry is going to be on Stephen Colbert tonight. Oh, is, is he going to uh, reveal? I guess there's some controversy about whether or not they're going to go to the coronation for King Charles. That That's a thing. It's a thing. Tune I, in to Stephen Colbert. Yeah, I guess we'll get an answer, maybe. Who knows? Uh, Willem Dafoe and Marlon Wayans will be on uh, Jimmy Fallon. 
That's it? That's it? That's it. That's oh, it. boy. Willem Dafoe's oh, got a new movie. It's called Inside. Great. Psycho thriller. That is depressing. That is a very depressing list of things that you just gave us. That is very depressing. That is, well, you're watching college basketball. Come on. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I guess I will be sure. All right. Um, Charles, you are on social at CharlesAP28. On Instagram. On yep. Instagram specifically. There you go. Give him a follow there. Um, thanks today to everybody at Pressbox. Or, oh, I guess I got to thank, thank the guests. Thanks to Joe Cor- Corey. Thanks to Patrick Stevens. We'll get those up. In the greatest hit section of the. Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow, anything? Uh, Lee Steinberg. Oh, yes, Super Agent Lee Steinberg, Patrick Mahomes' agent. We will get his thoughts on this Lamar Jackson conundrum. Agent week. We saw that Deshaun Watson's agent was like rooting for Lamar Jackson. I don't know where Lee Steinberg is with all of that. It's very interesting. We'll ask him how he feels about it. Um, And that's it, Stuff and Things. Stuff and Things, I guess, Drew. Oh, good. Yeah, can't wait for that. All right, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, Casas Inn, Maryland Jockey Club, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com, and Birdland Sports. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass is how you follow him. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Loyola, go UMBC, Duke sucks.